Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. <laughs> wow. When was the last time we heard that familiar chime, Mr. Chang? Uh, last year. <laughs> How long last year? <laughs> I don't know. Those epi- Episode front two four two, right? No, front two five two. With the last two five episode. two, maybe before Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, I think so. I think you're correct. Everyone you're was thinner. Oh well. This is this is the first show. Uh, what year is it? Twenty sixteen. I promise, way less shows this year than last year. So maybe one and a half shows this year. We kind of had a record last year. That was the most. <laughs> That was the most it's been in a while. That's right. I think it was a whopping four or five shows, right? At, at least five. Especially during Game of Thrones season. That's when we really hit our stride, I think, right? No, That's after, right. That's... Or something like that. I'm not sure. Well, we're on with the glorious, the lovely Andy Chang. Say hello, Andy. Hello. Happy New Year, everyone. Oh, hello. Give everybody your patented Hello. Hello. There you go. We love that. And with special guest a uh, guest star, uh, Chris Tracy. Otherwise known as Chris Tracy. Chris. Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. Before we were rudely interrupted by the opening uh, theme of the show, brought to you by Talkshoe. Uh, Chris was telling us a little tale about when he saw the Martian. And we're not talking Marvin. We're not talking his favorite Martian. We're talking about. Matthew Damon's Martian. Proceed, Matthew, sir. Matthew Diamond. Is a, it is a very little... I was telling a very little tale about when I saw the Martian. It's all of about five <laughs> seconds long. Just, Biggest uh, Phobos or Phimos, yes. <laughs> uh, it was about uh, two rows in front of me. There was hardly anybody in the theater, I thought. And I could hear a guy talking to his girlfriend after the movie. I, I mean... Girlfriend or caretaker, I don't know, because he seemed like a real moron. Uh, when he asked her, hey, was that based on a true story? <laughs> uh, would have made me very happy to see her get up and leave and just leave him sitting there, but she, did, she didn't. I didn't hear what she said to him, but God, I hope it was something like, you're an idiot. It was probably... When you say caretaker, was this an, was this an older guy? No, I think he he was no older than thirty years old. Okay, but not twelve. I mean, old enough to know that this is not a movie about a man that got marooned on a goddamn Mars. Well, he just he just wasn't up on his space missions. I don't care about those space missions. <laughs> That that's as ridiculous as my friend uh, who were remained nameless. We were watching Gravity. He asked if this was really filmed in space. 
He asked it with a straight face, not even in a joking way. Like, uh, I just looked at him. I was just like, uh, uh-huh. I was like, yeah, the budget was uh, four quadrillion dollars, yeah. <laughs> oh, they no, they it was all in space bucks. They didn't, it was a non-terrestrial currency that they used to make that movie. Right. You know they do those zero-gravity airplanes where you can put Kate Upton in oh, zero-gravity. Mm-hmm. Right, That's yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess if you had seen footage of that, one could assume, oh, maybe they shoot movies in space now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, they made that leap, right? Yeah. From the vomit comet to actually shooting a movie in space. Right. I've, the vomit comet, I'm sure, is an appropriate name. There's no way those things do not smell all the time. Oh, yeah. There's no way of getting that out there, right? <laughs> Blowing up the airlock. That must be a scary flight, too, right? Going all the way up there and then, okay, we're going to tilt this plane about a fucking 70-degree uh, angle or some crazy shit, right, to, to make it uh, everybody waitlist for two minutes or whatever the fuck. Yeah. They put everybody filming, in. But they filmed the uh, fucking, what's it called like that? Uh, Apollo 15, right? Uh, which yeah, was not... I think they got footage. Some of that footage they shot in that thing. Yeah, they built, like, the capsule in one of those fucking planes and filmed them fucking floating around that fucker. Right. And all that. That Opie. Oh, yeah, he done did it. And it was was worth it. How was that Revenant there, Andy Chang? Now, Chris has only seen half of it, but... Saw half of it. So if you want to give some non sport he's seen up to what part, Chris? You were just uh, I saw up to jeez, oh, I don't know. Um I could tell you the major I could tell you the major plot points in, that happened that spoil each one individually until I get to the last one I can remember. Okay, do that. I won't I won't ruin I won't ruin uh more than half the movie for anyone. Okay. Right. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was, I think it was roughly halfway through. I liked what I saw, but it was not the right time to watch. <laughs> he was crawling around, right? Was Leonardo he was cra- crawling around? He's crawling around and groaning a lot and gasping <laughs> through a hole in his neck. <laughs> that was pretty... The last time I saw a, a gunpowder... Um, oh! Yeah. What do you call that? The uh, uh, cauterizing or... Yeah, gunpowder cauterizing was in... The John Rambo Killer. No, I remember it from The Killer, the John Woo movie. Uh, what? Yeah. He uses a shotgun shell. I remember it from Fourth of July, 2013, in my uncle's house. <laughs> <laughs> I'll handle this shit myself. <laughs> I don't need to go to... I ain't getting in no damn ambulance. I'm claustrophobic. Now, now wait a second. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Cody gave me one of them buckshot shells. Go grab my scatter gun. <laughs> Take out the rock, <laughs> The uh, person, the other person who was watching the uh, Revenant with, the half that I watched, I think no less than four times, he asked me, which one is Tom Hardy? So, Tom yeah. Hardy? Did you, did you think Tom Hardy looked a lot like um, our buddy Tom Jane? I thought he looked a lot like Tom Jane in it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when he's got a beard like that, I thought I thought 
when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, it looks like Tom Jane. Because shout out to Tom Jane in the Expanse. I don't know if you watched The Expanse at all on Sci-Fi Channel. I just heard somebody saying that was good. It was probably good. I have, have not watched. It's still so Tom Jane's in The Expanse. He's in that Expanse. And uh, 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 Cuddy's in there, too. Oh, yeah? Chad Coleman. Cuddy's in a while. Yeah, old Chad I... Coleman. I saw some footage of him going crazy on a subway train. Did you oh, see that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's telling me about that? I'm telling about that. If anybody, if anyone is being recorded, I mean, like if anyone was uh, worth being recorded, they would inevitably end up with some video of themselves like that. Like, if people were recording me every, you know, every other time they saw me in public, one of those times I'd be yelling at somebody on in a grocery store or something. So, I guess I got, I guess I got a little bit of a break. He he did a, he did a pretty funny thing in the middle of his rant which he, where he goes, yes, it's me from The Wire <laughs> and The Walking Dead. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Okay. Right. You're, I don't look like that guy. I am that guy. <laughs> I'm going crazy on this train. <laughs> I wish this was a money train. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh sad. God. He might have just been drunk, which is fine. Which sure. I've seen him drunk. Yeah, we have. Yes. Yeah, you were there. I there was, was there. a oh, train you involved. There? You were up in there, Andy? Yeah, and there's photographic proof of that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere on your Instagram. We dig through yeah. deep enough, right? That's right. Find that shit. Oh, so Revenant, go ahead, Andy. What did you think of uh, this yarn of savagery and survival? Um, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Like, um, I I haven't seen I, I I'm trying to think of what I would compare it to. And um It's like the Edge meets Bachelor Party. And I thought a little bit of the gray. Like I really I was thinking the about gray. the gray too when I saw yeah. in the beginning of that. Yeah. I loved the gray. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, Grave is a good movie. It's what? Um, boy, I don't know. I'm still processing it because I just got home from it. <laughs> okay, right, right. Why don't you tell me what you thought? Uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I, I dug the shit out of it. I just thought it was a very interesting, fun, well, fun, but... It's fun. It's just fun. It's a rum. It's a It's a gas. There was at least one laugh. Oh, well, I was kind of watching it. You know, I watched it by myself the first time. I was like laying down. I think I just woken up. Right. And I had it playing. That means I watched it at home, ladies and gentlemen. I just woke up. You know, <laughs> it was playing. I think it came on after uh, uh, Hateful Eight or something like that, which I was watching at home too, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, you know, I was just like, oh. I, you know, I woke up, and it was the part where Leo's getting fucked up by that bear. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a weird part to wake up to. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Oh. 
And it felt like a half hour that that guy was getting fucking. You know that that's funny that you say that. I I had something. I remember watching. I fell asleep watching. Uh, I don't want to distract too much from the Revenant, but the same thing happened with that case. What's that Casey Affleck movie? Uh, where he did a was it the Killer Inside Me? Is that what it was called? The Killer whatever. What is that it? Movie had, He's, it's like set in the, I want to say it was like in the 50s, and he was like this cop who was just like had this terrible dark side. And I fell asleep watching it, not too far into it. I woke up, and there's a scene where he's beating a woman to death. And it's Jesus. brutal, Whoa. brutal. And <laughs> just coming out of that, waking up and seeing that, I, I, yeah. it felt like it was a 15-minute scene. It just kept going and going, so... I can see that. Right, because you're like half asleep. Doing the you're same like, thing. What am I here? Yeah, it takes forever to process it. And really. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, I've never seen that movie. I'm familiar with it, sort of. I have to look it up to see if I really remember that. But I, I don't think I ever went back and watched it. <laughs> <watching again. laughs> you're like, what the fuck is this movie? It's like, oh, that's it's movie terrible. Fuck I, can't, I can't remember the last time I saw Casey Affleck in something. I know. Yeah, I think the last time I saw him, he was beating a woman to death. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, always, I'll always remember him yeah. like that. And it wasn't in a movie. It was not. It was at a bus stop. Uh, it was at a CVS. He said, that's right, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> gone baby earth. No, what was it? Gone, gone, gone baby. Gone. It wasn't gone baby gone, was it? Was he in that? Gone uh, baby. Yeah, gone that girl. was him. No, Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, yeah. The other one's Gone, gone Baby girl. Gone. Gone Girl and Gone Baby Gone. So wait, Ben Affleck was in Gone Girl and he was in a movie called Gone Baby Gone? That's right. Yes. He directed Gone Baby Gone. I don't I don't even remember what that is. That's that it was like another ba ba in murder corrupt copy thingy, right? Mm. I didn't see it. I saw Paul. Oh, it's good. It's good though, right? Yeah. Casey Affleck is quite good in it. He's not all that. Oh, I, I think it was uh, Ain't Them Body Saints. Wasn't that him? Oh, okay. That Ain't might have been the last. Saints. That might have been the last yeah. one I saw. That was pretty good. Not since Ocean's Twelve has he been this Casey Affleck been this captivating. Well, I don't know. Look, we're going to come back in Ocean's Fifteen, Sixteen, whatever it is. Probably going to be even better. No, my, uh, I will not. My, my love is. Uh, I, I do have love for Ocean's Twelve. No one else does. Oh, you know I love Ocean's Twelve. You, me, oh, and Richie. Right. Right. You, me, and Richie love uh, Mr. Monica Bellucci and his dancing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's like, shit. What the fuck is that guy's name? Vincent Cassell, right? Yes, he's the man. You know what we're talking about, right, Chris? Uh, Vincent Cassell. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, I, yeah. he's married to Monica Bellucci. I did not know that though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he's I'm police... too busy worrying about who Frank Gorshin's married to to worry about who Monica Bellucci. Oh yeah, we're trying to figure out who Frank Gorshin is married to for some weird reason. <laughs> and I was totally wrong on that. <laughs> we were surprised who... to learn, Andy Chang, that Frank Gorshin was a whopping what six one or what? What how tall? No, was he? he's well, Frank Gorshin was five ten, which five ten. Yeah, right. He's not a giant by any means, but I always. And pictured him being very a very small man. I would not have imagined he was that tall. <laughs> a man of Frank Gorshin. Frank Gorshin was in bat in Batman. Yeah, he was the Riddler. The Riddler, in the yeah. Sixty six Batman. 
A portion of Gorshin. <laughs> ah, I just, yeah, he was uh, taller than I thought, and he died at 72 of lung cancer, having smoked five packs of cigarettes a fucking day. <laughs> I would consider that a victory at 72. That's pretty, that's pretty victorious. Uh, riddle, riddle in that, for sure. Good Christ. Are you still smoking cigarettes? I am. Terrible. At, at the height, at the height of your smoking, how many packs do you go through? Oh, maybe at the most two. That's that's the yeah. day of like, hanging out and drinking and all that. You need stuff to. Like that. Uh, you get the Gorshin book of how to quit smoking. No, don't get that book. It doesn't end well. <laughs> do do Marlboro mediums still exist? Is that still yes. a thing? Oh, that yeah. used to be my joint. That's what I would smoke. <laughs> you jam? Yeah. <laughs> I've never known you to smoke at all, Andy. What's that? I've never known you to smoke. You, you've met me in my smoking days, early smoking right. days. Mm. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, yeah, Comic-Con. Because you're such the picture of health. You know what I mean? You're always running fucking Boston marathons and shit, or Chicago marathons. <laughs> crazy shit you do. Big city name marathon. <laughs> I did. I did smoke a cigarette after this, my second marathon. You did? Yeah. <laughs> to the disgust of everybody around you. <laughs> Not. No, it was. It was like a couple weeks after. Oh, but, a couple. A couple. Weeks you weren't after. like running and then put your cigarette out in a water cup somebody was holding out on the side <laughs> of a. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks for your support. <laughs> oh, here's a little bit better trivia on Andy Chang, Chris. Mm-hmm. Andy lives up in Dallas, right? So he's mm-hmm. walking through the neighborhood one day or driving around, going to his house or what have you, going to CVS, like we mentioned earlier. Right. And he notices his house. He's like, hey, wait a second. That's uh, 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 Officer Murphy's house from RoboCop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? We go there yeah. with the TV screen realtor, and Robocop smashes it at the end. Remember that? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah right I, recognize, I recognize the driveway where his kid <laughs> and wife are waving at him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, it's fucking Officer Murphy's house. It's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> If you ever if you co- ever come to Dallas, Lee, I'm gonna take you there so you can see it. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, I want to go in there and smash the TV with my RoboCop there. <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm sorry, our open houses usually aren't this terribly violent. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, uh, uh, Chris, another piece of trivia. You, you know the uh, the uh, the Walter White House in uh, old uh, what's it called there? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Old, old, the uh, old pizza roof house. Well, you know, you know, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, a- Andy did get a chance to uh, do something like that, right, Andy? Yeah. Oh, okay. well, you only get to throw the box, right? I I bought the exact box because I knew I knew the <laughs> restaurant, and then I went to the house and it was raining and the uh, the owner came out. And I told her what I was going to do. I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm not really going to throw this on your roof. I just want to pretend. And she's like, yeah, it's, it's raining. I'm not going to stop you. Go ahead. I, 
I feel like I read something about the person on that house complaining about people coming to their house and throwing pizza on their roof all the time. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't chat with her like I did. Which <laughs> that would be the appropriate. Just ask thing permission. Just ask right. permission, and then she's cool with it. I'm going to throw a pizza on your roof. I'm going to take a piss in your bushes, and then I'm going to go. We'll be done. But see, we talked about it, so hopefully you're okay with I'm all gonna, this. I'm going to check my ricin plant in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I've got something behind a little switchblade cover I need to pick up. <laughs> something in the floorboards i got to attend to mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah, oh, Andy, Andy did the grand old tour, man. You get every yeah. spot, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, there was um, there's tours you can pay for, or you can yeah. just Google Earth it and see <laughs> everything you want to see. <laughs> That's what Andy did, right? Yeah. <laughs> you went at your leisure. Yes. But like you said, Andy, you'll never look at it at a, at a uh, what is it, a Honda Aztec? What kind of car is that again? What Aztec? Plymouth. Plymouth Aztec. Plymouth Aztec. 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 You'll never look at those the same way again. <laughs> I, think, I see. They, uh, I see some of those around town. Yeah, no, you think not, it's the white mobile. Yeah, it's I think not they, they made it some custom color that was not a factory color or something, for to just make it a slightly unique. Yes, you're correct. Painted some different, some off shade that doesn't exist in the Aztec universe. You know something I noticed because I saw I saw Jesse's. Uh, Toyota, mm-hmm. like we went, we went to the impound lot where they bought Jesse's. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, movie cars are very often just um, painted like matte colors with no shine to them. Yeah, right. And, right. and what they were explaining is like, yeah, you, reflections are really, really hard to uh, edit around. So that's why sure. a lot of movie cars are just completely matte. Ah. When you see them in real life, yeah, no, no boom operators standing on the door of somebody's car, <laughs> right? Doing a drive-by, right? None of that shit. I don't oh, have to go of... back in and put CG effects in to make it look like someone's in someone's reflection on their windshield. Yeah, I don't get to do none of that. Hey, you got that Better Call Saul with the uh, flexi disc, right, Andy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How big is that thing? It must be minuscule, right? Because it's the size of the DVD pack or the Blu-ray package, right? Yeah, it's like the size of a CD or a Blu-ray. You just popped it on and let it rip. Oh, oh yeah, and it's scratchy as shit. If you've ever played a flexi <laughs> a flexi disc, they oh, sound not, terrible. Yo, nothing's doing the boingers, all right? Oh, you have the Billy and the boingers. Yeah, Billy and the boingers. Yeah. <laughs> it's really that bad, huh? Yeah, it's pretty like, scratchy, and you can just find it on YouTube. 18 gram vinyl. Oh yeah, exactly. Good Christ. Okay, you before, better turn uh, that ceiling fan off, or it'll blow away. Hey, before Mark Walters uh, 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 ruins this conversation with just talking about movies, I want to talk about Oculus Rift real quick. Okay. Oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, Chris just bought an Oculus, or he got he got one for Christmas, the one the the VR gear one. Yeah. Okay. Samsung. But, yeah, it's fucking bad ass, man. I thought Pretty it was cool. Yeah. Great. 
Yeah, it was cool as shit, man. I couldn't believe how awesome it was. Because you brought it over yeah. last week, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what I'm saying? It's fun. I, it, it made me want to really want to play a, you know, a legit one. Right. I didn't want to, now, I don't want to drop 600 bucks on it or whatever, but. Well, now that they just did the, uh, <laughs> you know, so I was like, I'm going to get one, you know what I mean? So I went on Amazon and I bought me one, but it's, you know, one of those like $25 knockoff ones. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was like a million oh, like of them. Phone? Yeah, well, well, they had that Google Cardboard. I was like, no, 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 fuck that. I want yeah. plastic straps and shit. So I, I upgraded by spending an additional $12. So that should be arriving tomorrow, hopefully. I'll be able to try that out on my iPhone. Um, but uh, uh, you think at, at CES, they just announced the price for the Oculus. Right. $600 fucking dollars? Are you $600. Kidding? Wow, that's just nuts. Especially well, since they're fucking uh, like two hundred to three four hundred dollars. Everybody's a little pissed off about the sticker stock of all that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm I got sure they can... It's not. It's not six hundred dollars. It's you have to have a PC that can support right. it, right. which is eleven hundred dollars. Which more? It's it's more like three thousand six hundred dollars. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And this is this is interesting, Chris. Here's another tidbit tidbit about Andy. His boss is one of the Oculus Rifts. Uh, what, did, what did he do on Oculus? Um, I don't know his title. He doesn't but walk out and tell fucking... everybody he's sorry it cost $600? <laughs> no. that's, because that's, that might be a full-time job for a little bit. No. Would you, would you be sorry about that if $600 was going in your pocket every purchase? No. But someone yeah. you know, probably is going to be forced to... Uh, I think he's I think he's like head of operations or something like that, right? For Oculus. Yeah, like like development, you know. Is he still at the studio? Is he still in the Open Dallas hanging out? No, he's at Oculus. Oh, he's at Oculus totally now. Now who's running fucking id software then? You? Um other people. <laughs> Not me. Not you? Not me. You don't want that? Not it. <laughs> so you so you, Andy, I believe you're developing the Oculus ready version of Doom three, right? I did work on that one, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah that's out that's that's out already. Is that out already? Yeah. It is? You can I mean you can download that and play it on any How Oculus device. How is it? It's alright. Do you have do you, do you have any like Chris, I don't know how much time you've spent in VR, but like it's very easy to get uh, motion sickness. I have not and, been affected with that, mostly yeah, because yeah. my phone overheats before I get to that <laughs> yeah. point. Um, yeah, that's not, it, it's the way it goes for a while. It's good, but no, no motion sickness yet. Right. Yeah, that's kind well, of I'm, been the problem of Oculus. People yeah. just going fucking nuts and just like, Wah! yeah, yeah. Well, I was looking and at some of those launch titles are fucking fantastic. That fucking Eve Valkyrie looks fucking so awesome. I was like, God damn! That now we're talking. Mm-hmm. And that looks just phenomenal. That's uh, th- uh that, I mean, I think the biggest player in all this is gonna be uh, that Project Morpheus stuff for PlayStation. Because so many people have PlayStations already, you know what I mean? Right. So they're going to be grabbing those 
by the fucking armful right when they come out, and it just, that's going to be in a hell of a lot more households than probably the Oculus Rift units it's going to be, or any other units that they're developing now also. I would, I would assume, because they already have a ready-made console ready to play whatever games they have on them, et cetera. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wow. it's tough to say it's tough to say what the future of VR is cuz like I don't know if there's like a a killer application or um uh, a thing that a thing that people immediately say, "Okay, this is perfect for this," you know? It's hard to say. Sure. Sure, sure, yeah. It's weird. It's so strange because you have something like Google Cardboard which is 12 bucks. You know what I mean? You can have right, cheap right. Fucking, and you have that Viewmaster fucking thing that works on the same, they all work on the same kind of principles, so to speak, you know? It's a matter of solution and what you hook it up to, et cetera, et cetera. So you have something that's 12 bucks all the way up to $1,000. You know what I'm saying? It's just so wild and crazy to get the same type of effect. You know what I mean? So right. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where that, that middle ground is going to be with all this stuff or if it even... I guess it depends on getting people to check. To like, I guess you know. I guess it comes down to getting people that think the you know whatever phone-based VR is cool enough to see what you know something designed specifically for that. Like how what a step up from that is. Just getting people right. to have it, get their get their hands on it will make a you know difference. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I was I was really impressed that they had all those shitty cheapo units and all that stuff all the way up to high-end units. You know what I'm saying? I think that's yeah, right. They, they have, they offer the low end to the, you know, all the way to the deep end of that stuff. So it's definitely coming in some way, manner, form or another. And one will probably take hold of all of them. I don't know what. Yeah. It's only in the infancy right now, but I think the potential is limitless. Really? Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so many, there's so much crazy content. You can do it's stuff we're not. No one's even thinking of yet in order to mm-hmm. utilize this, that, that whole, you know, porn, dude. That's the, the first thing I said when I was put it put it on. Right? I'm like, man, can you imagine fucking that right now? Think about porn. Well, hey, there's, I mean, a pretty, VHS, there's a pretty good video. There's a pretty yeah. good video out there now of people trying VR porn for the first time. Oh, and um, like <laughs> they do. <laughs> They run both guys and girls through, uh, like, girl-guy and then guy-girl porn. <laughs> and then, and guy, then guy. At one, Yeah, and at one point you see, like, the dude just sitting there with his with his uh, VR set, and he looks down at his lap. He goes, oh, my God, is that my dick? <laughs> <laughs> and then the girls, the girls look down like, oh, my God, that's what it's like to have a dick? <laughs> it's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Is yeah. this stuff with this polygon fucking Minecraft looking dick though? <laughs> right? Oh no, no, it's it's actors. It's like a video, yeah. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Isn't that Leisure Suit Larry? Yeah, that's what I yeah, now now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> now I love me some Leisure Suit Larry. I'm looking at yeah, <laughs> Leisure Suit Larry. I kinda think they might still make some of those games. <laughs> I think one came out not too long ago. Yeah, is your parent company? Is your parent company developing? Do they own the rights to Leisure Suit Larry? No. Does Bethesda? No, no, none of that shit. Oh, speaking of Bethesda, 
I picked up that uh, I got that I was telling Christmas earlier by a text that I got that uh, Art of uh, um, Fallout book, uh, Fallout Four book in today. Is it good? Ooh, it's a nice book. Oh, indeed it is. I want to check that book out. It's probably the best book I've seen thus far on just video game concept art and design, and just in terms of content layout, paper quality, page count. And just the you know just the layout and just how many images there are, it, it's just a- absolutely gorgeous. It's stunning. It's just it's beautiful. I love it. Resolution, everything is just fantastic. They really did a fantastic job laying everything out. And, the publisher and that, was Dark Horse, right? Dark Horse, yeah. They really do some nice, solid. Whenever they do uh, some of their video game related titles, I think they did the uh, what the Uncharted. And uh, Mass Effect one and all that shit, right? They do a bunch of them, right? They've done a, They're doing one for us too. What, what are they doing? Art of Art of Doom. Art of Doom. Are you gonna be in the Art of Doom like you were in the Art of Doom two book? Mm, no. <laughs> no. I was no, too no, busy no, working. <laughs> Emails would come in and say, you know, we need content for this, and I'm like, I too, I'm too busy, so I'm not in there. Ah. Oh. Andy, aren't you thinking of your fans when it comes to this? Uh, I'm thinking of you. You're my only fan. Me and Richie are your fans. Okay, there's two of us. That's that's appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, guys. (laughs) I won't be buying that book then. Fuck yeah. (laughs) It's fucking really. It's well worth. I think it was 28 bucks or something like that on Amazon right now. I was I was I was floored. Uh, the quality of the book was is is excellent. Yeah, I was really blown away. It, it's a book I'll that th- you you can't digest it all in one or two or three just page throughs. You know what I mean? It's just so it's uh you know it's just a sumptuous volume. Some art books are shit. It's like, hey man, how many hours you got logged on that art book, man? <laughs> how many hours you said? Hundred and twenty-five. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to pick it up. Yeah, it's so lavish that you just every time you like turn a page, you'll just notice something new every time. There's so much stuff in there. Cool, it's man. Fantastic. Yeah, well, I, you know, I picked up that Battlefield. I think it was Battlefield Four book or whatever. I think uh, mm-hmm. Titan put it out. What a piece of shit that was. You know what I mean? It was just so. Oh, really? Shit. Yeah, it was disappointing. Well, I, I picked it up sight unseen before you know Parker did his little pastry review. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked at one of those in a while. (laughs) That Parker, yo, he cornered the market on that shit. That's right. He cornered the market on that and talking about uh, sketch walking in Singapore that he always fucking does. Fucking boring and annoying. What kind of sketch walking uh, in Singapore and Parker? What color to use? You know, it's all about that shit, you know. So half, half, his, half his posts are like, oh, watercolor and best uh, moleskin sketchbooks to get for watercolor paper. And then badass art books, and then uh, like on fucking uh, generics and teak tablets, and which ones to get. You know what I mean? Love that Parker. He's a sweetheart. What is the best generic Cintiq to get? I don't know, because I got a Cintiq, so <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you. But I'm sure <laughs> the most generic, like, huge, you know, there's all these weird Japo fucking Daewoo companies making them. Puyon, Zoom the Gao. You know what I mean? It's like. Did you say Puyon? Yeah, booyah! Oh, the little pig? Or, or, or he fought pigs? <laughs> yeah. Is he a mouse? I don't remember. Puyon was a pig. 
He <laughs> was Puno. a pig. Oh, the Ponyo. And the bad guys were foxes, right? <laughs> I think so. There's so many. There's a billion of them. You know what I mean? But they all lack that one thing, and that's the uh, tilt. You know what I'm talking about? That tilt that Wacom has? That it's oh, yeah, yeah. The pen? None of them have mm-hmm. tilt. Like not, none of the ones, like, whenever I, like, read one of the fucking reviews of it and shit, they all, all spec-wise, they, they they really compete with the Wacom, but they don't have tilt. And it's like, I need tilt. I need that tilt up in here. That's why Wacom fucking owns shit, man. You know, it's, it's fucking, funny. Uh, uh, it's funny yeah. how how people pronounce that company. It's Wacom. actually Wacom. It's actually Wacom. Wacom, but everyone, everyone I know says Wacom. Wacom, Wacom. yeah. Because yeah, well, it sounds corny, is it Wacom? Wacom. It's not Wacom. It's, it is one syllable, syllable away from being Wacom-ole. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Wacom-ole. People just can't handle that. But, hey, Andy, have you tried any of the iPad Pro or anything like that? Even fucking no. Maybe yeah, me neither. Or that iPad 10 or that, what is it? What is it? The stylus, that weird Wacom stylus, the Wacom stylus? Is that what that is? With the iPad Pro stylus, the uh, one you have to stick in like ass end first to charge it into your pad. Have you seen the, how this fucking thing charges? Oh, pencil. The, the pencil, pencil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You fucking kidding me with that shit? That is fucking ridiculous. Who's the fucking brain trust that fucking thought that up? That that was a good idea. It's fucking a joke. You put it into the charge port like that, where it's sticking out like that. It's just, that's just Do you mean to? To charge the stylus or to charge the yeah, pen or to charge the stylus, you like take the cap off the back and you stick it up in the fucking pad or something like that. So you just have this fucking your pen your your iPad pencil sticking out of your pad. Business end out. You know what I mean? So it's got a dick. Not cool. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But no, I have not fucked around with any of those generic antiques. But there's tons of them out there. You don't even They're use really the Cintiq, right? Last time I came over, um, you said your Cintiq was collecting dust. Uh, guess what it's doing right now? Yeah. Nothing. It's How much dust is it up to? <laughs> a couple micro, you know, a couple, uh, it's about like 12 microns deep now of dust. Yeah, <laughs> in the air of dust. I'll be surprised if I plug if I turn the thing on. It still works, actually. But one day I'll use it. One day. It's an old one though. It's like the fucking Cintiq uh, before the HD ones came out. Mm-hmm. What's the good, good one? But not as good as you know, brand new one or anything. But the Wacom, those new uh, Wacom's are extremely expensive, man. I don't know if I can deal with fucking buying it. Well, why would I buy another one if I don't even use this one though? You know what I mean? That's that's, that's right a good now. question. Because I'll get all excited about it. Like, maybe I should get one. That'd be cool. No, my next crazy dumb purchase, which mm-hmm. actually I can utilize, will be a drone. I'll get a drone. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so DJI Phantom 3 Advanced or Pro, one of those, I think. Yes. That would be awesome, I think. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe. 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 In your hands, a dangerous thing. <laughs> but they're, they're inexpensive. As compared to a lot of other crazy drones. So if I get proficient with that, then I'll upgrade that shit. I was thinking of buying a BB-8. 
one of those remote cool. control BB eight. The the mm-hmm. Robo uh, not Robo but uh, yeah the Sphero. Sphero, that's right, yeah. Ooh, those are you cool. Already, you don't already okay. have one yet? I you know what happened is I took a deep breath and I was like, I don't need any of this new Star Wars stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's like, wow, that really did that take some doing? Uh, a little bit. I bought the Disney Infinity set and now I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> that was it. Right? You're like, yeah. mm, that's it. Yeah. Wow, you're not buying the uh uh the fucking thin fucking Taco Bell uh uh cup topper or anything like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> you got a sleeve of those laying around? No. That's awful. I'm going to mute myself because I'm about to make a bunch of noise. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. You guys talk. I'm listening. About to make make this daiquiri here. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get my daiquiri on. You know, I think this is arguably a more, the Star Wars movie is better received than any of the prequels. But it it seems like they had, and maybe I've just been paying less attention, I don't know, but like they just have had a, just tons more uh, promotions and merchandise and crap for the prequels that nobody cared about. And oh, yeah, not yeah, yeah. quite as much for a movie that people seem to enjoy. Kind of strange. But yeah, I, I, I think they reined it in considerably. Which right. seems probably to them now like a mistake because they couldn't make us some money. <laughs> yeah. they but I did when you said the Taco Bell cup toppers. They that was the they, they did those for like Taco Bell did those for the prequels, right? Like those giant ugly rubber cup toppers, didn't they? When, Mark, how many have those? Mark, not something you just pulled out of your ass. No, no, no. Our friend Mark, that's on the line or was on the line. He had a whole, he had a whole box of them, I think, somewhere, <laughs> hanging out. Mark, you still there? I don't. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, now might be. Mark. Hello. Yo, you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, listen. We're talking about your cup toppers. Your Jar Jar cup toppers. Yeah, I still got a big box of those, like in a corner somewhere. <laughs> they're uh, to put them up on eBay. They're very likely collecting dust. Uh, I don't think anybody would buy them at this point. <laughs> I, I kind of want one now. That ever since we uh, gave you so much shit for having them a couple years back, to know that you still have them, I kind of want one right now. Yeah, you want one now, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, uh, funny funny story about that. A guy I know that used to work for. Uh,
and so they they pushed like these cup toppers, which uh, were not very practical, and you know it ended up that the cost to produce them was oh. like really expensive. And right. They and they won, like they basically won the license for like fast food production or whatever, but they ended up losing a shitload of money <laughs> because the cup toppers cost so much to make that uh, they actually ended up losing money on the deal instead of it really being beneficial to them. Plus the fact that, um, and I don't remember how much they cost when they originally came out, but I think it was a deal where, like, if you if you got a pizza or something, like, you had to buy it in addition. And, and it wasn't cheap. You know, I want to say they were, like, five or six bucks or something, and maybe even more than that. And, and so nobody was buying them. You know, like, everybody was just kind of like, oh, they look cool, but I'm not going to pay that much for them. No one said they look cool. <laughs> no one said that shit. My, my mom said they look cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like, you got a, a fountain drink or whatever. That's an easy moneymaker for fast food places. like eight cents for the cup and one cent for the drink and a tenth of a cent for the ice. And then you stick sure. a five dollar fucking piece of rubber on top, and you're like, oh, there goes our profits for so easy soda profits. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you one of the funny things that you know, kind of going back to Force Awakens, is that it seems like everything Force Awakens has been selling like crazy because one of our local, uh, the oldest movie theater in town, which is the Texas Theater, uh, they actually did a deal where they had like Star Wars stuff or whatever that they put their sodas in, but they also had these uh, popcorn pails. And these are like really, really nice, all metal, 3D printed, like, or, or I mean like what I, when I say 3D printed, what I mean is embossed on the side. So that, like all the graphics pop. I mean, it really, they really look nice. They, they obviously were not cheap to produce. And so I would ask it, I asked them, I said, so how'd you guys get those? Because they're the only people that have them in town. And they said, well, we actually had to order these from a separate company, um, and they're very expensive. They said they cost like 10 bucks a piece. So they have to sell them for 10 bucks a piece, in addition to what you pay for the popcorn. And, and so, so initially when I heard that, I thought, well, nobody's going to go for that because, you know, it's so expensive to buy popcorn in a movie. They sold out. They're gone. They've already sold the <laughs> And how, so, many, how many so, do you have? I didn't get any of those. What? Actually, I kind of wish one of them was really nice. One of them, the BB-8 one was really nice, but the, some of them were kind of throwaway designs, you know, like look like something that the marketing department came up with as a concept, and they were just like, ah, just put it on that popcorn tail over there. <laughs> you know, like yeah. they didn't even, didn't even put a lot of thought into it. But uh, kids, kids love Yoda. Throw a Yoda on there. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Yoda, Yoda was the number one selling uh, cup topper for episode one. That was the hard. That was the hard one to get. <laughs> that was the hard one to get. <laughs> that was one every twelve cup toppers with the Yoda. <laughs> the chase cup topper. You know what? You know what? The the lamest cup topper, the one that nobody wanted, was the new Gunray. Ah, uh, they made a new Gunray cup topper. <laughs> yeah, they I, did. I don't. I don't even remember which character that was. He's That's the racist. He's the racist Japanese uh, guy that's like the Trade Federation president or oh, whatever. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay. The guy they wish was George Takei. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those guys always reminded me of uh, 
that uh, there was a what was that the Martian kid like kind of kids Martian invasion movie from like the nineties like Little Martians or some shit like that Space Invaders no Space Invaders Space Invaders that's what it's called <laughs> that's what those guys reminded me of <laughs> only it looked way worse wow so you I get, still think Space Invaders I still think the worst collection of like reject characters was in uh, episode two. There's a scene where uh, Count Dooku, which that name alone could go under constant <laughs> scrutiny, uh, but Count Dooku is like, sitting around a board table with like all these uh, representatives of like different you know galaxies, and and every one of those guys it looks like some reject character that they drew up. You know, like there's the one guy that. He's very, like, old-school sci-fi robot. And he says, like, the techno-union army. And then his voice, like, just all screwed up. And then he, like, readjusts himself. And I'm, like, thinking, like, what were they thinking when they came up with these guys? Like, another one of the guys is just a really bad CGI guy whose head is, like, flattened sideways for some reason. Like, like total, total throwaway characters. <laughs> and every one of them had two different Hasbro figures or whoever made <laughs> well, well, actually, it's funny because I remember when I saw that scene, I, I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, so that's a toy, that's a toy, that's a toy. Right. And, and, and they never made toys, those guys. Like, I guess they, by that time, they realized that the toys weren't selling as well. Because the episode two, the episode two action figures actually were the worst selling action figures of the prequels. Um, the episode one figures sold very, very well. The episode three figures did okay, but the episode two figures ended up being the the biggest money losing figures for Hasbro. Wow. The first and the last kind of makes sense on how they sold well. The first one, nobody knew how terrible it was. Was bottom <laughs> up. The third one, I guess it was just like, let's just get this shit over with, buy these fucking toys, and be done with it. In the middle, everybody's just kind of like, ah, it's the middle of a slog, and they didn't want. To. I didn't want to work out that money. Well, but they're yeah, like, if they, like, oh no, I was gonna say if they had a voice changer module for it to sound like that. The yeah, I have got a box full of uh, uh, for uh, the uh, Darth Maul like. 12-inch in, uh, figure they put out and uh, a couple other ones. They're all wrapped up in their little stupid boxes and they're worth about five cents each. Yeah, I, yeah, I held on I could have rented uh, the space that, that, in that Tupperware thing for the last 10 years to a, a family of squirrels and probably made three times as much money as selling the shit that's been in that box. I, I never, you know, it's funny, I never, bought, I never bought the big figures that they came out with, but when they started putting out the episode one figures, I did actually kind of go around and start cracking down uh, Darth Maul's because I figured Darth Maul's going to be, that's the figure that everybody's going to want. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, I, at one point in time, I had like 12 Darth Maul figures. And, and, there was, and there was a time when those were going for a lot of money. Like they were actually selling for, you know, anywhere from 40, 50, 60 bucks a piece or something. And uh, and now, like, like I could be at a convention where Ray Park is a guest, and I can't sure. sell them for five bucks a piece. Like, people will not give you, you know, more like than Ray, fuck for them if like that, Ray, Ray, the, Ray they're just all that shit's worthless. And, and basically, the, the thing that people never understood was everybody thought 
Everybody right. thought that, you know, oh, all you got to do is buy these figures, keep them in the package, and sit on them for a couple of years. But they don't understand. Uh, hello? Yeah. Hello? I'm still here. Mark. Mark was basically explaining the speculative market bubble. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody everybody that saw that episode of Amazing Stories where Mark Hamill is a bum and lives in his car, (laughs) and everyone thought they would get rich on saving their garbage. (laughs) Everyone remembers that episode, right? Of course. Because he had like an... He had an action comics number one, and he had all this stuff, and I think hey, that sorry, made hey, an sorry, impression. I, got off. I think I went through a bad spot or something there. Uh, that, no, made, was, that made there a big was, impression on everybody, and everyone thought they would get rich on uh, saving their garbage. Right. Yeah, what I was saying about the and people still the reason, do to this day. Yeah. The reason those, the reason those original series or original trilogy figures were worth so much money is because a nobody kept them as a package, and b they right. weren't produced. Like, you know, they literally produced them to meet the demand, whereas yeah. all of the figures that came out from, like, episode one, well, technically, all the stuff that started coming out with, like, the special editions, like, all of those figures were produced in the millions, you know, so there's no way right. those things will ever be worth money. And and the only way that anybody can make any money off of them is the toy scalpers that buy them up when they first come out, and then they sell them at a, you know, slight markup within like the first month or so, but that's, that's the only way you're going to make any money on those things. They're never going to be worth anything. Unless they printed and, them with Han Dolo on it instead of Han Solo. <laughs> Han Dolo? Yeah, Andy's like, still got Andy his Star, uh, Wario. Star Wario. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Chris, you got to see Andy's Star Wario. Oh, my Star God. Star Wario? Andy, can you send me a picture of that and I'll send it to Chris? Yeah. That Star Wario. Oh, this is classic. Andy, Andy, does that have a pl- place of pride on your wall? Oh, it's in my display case. <laughs> because no matter who sees it, they fucking crack up. <laughs> it's hard not to. It's hard not to look at that thing and not crack up. Yeah. <laughs> You're bringing joy to everybody who uh, pervades at your place, huh? Because come it, in, children, take a look. It, it fucks with down? so many things. Because you're looking at the figure, and then you're looking at the card, and then you're looking at the text, and none of it matches. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have a picture of like a completely different character on the card as well? Yes, it is a picture of the ATST driver. <laughs> <laughs> and the figure is. Is Yoda, <laughs> and uh, then the Star text Wario. Says, uh, says Star Wario. But as I remember, <laughs> as I as I recall, it's Yoda with like big googly eyes, right? Yeah, it's very poorly painted eyes. Yeah. <laughs> what is the country of origin of this? Mexico. Mexico. These uh, ones, these, these, these ones are Star Wario. <laughs> <laughs> it's more expensive. It's more expensive. Oh my God, it's Star Wario. Jesus Christ. Hey, well, okay, so we all saw the uh, the Force Awakens, I guess. Mhm. Mhm. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's talk about that. 
I was uh, I got really passionate talking about that at, at uh, that wedding the other day when I was a little drunk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did not. I, I didn't. I don't know what came over me. I don't think I ever got that excited about talking about Star Wars with a bunch of dorks in my life. <laughs> a little bit of booze. You know, I should be talking to, hey, you know, I got this little social lubricant. I can go talk to some ladies. Or I could stand here in this circle of dorks and start screaming and literally jumping, hopping up and down, talking about Star Wars. Yes, you literally were because you were very excited. You even said how excited you were talking about it. I could. It was like I was having an out of. I believe I'm talking about this with you guys. It's great. I had to, I guess, like having an out of body experience. I just didn't, I didn't know who was. Who was talking about Star Wars through my body? <laughs> it was a. Uh, it. Uh, how many times have you guys seen it? I've seen it twice. I only seen it once. Once. I think Marcus once is enough. Once is good. <laughs> yeah. Well, for yeah, for a while at least. I didn't need to yeah. see it two times in one week. I see it again in a couple weeks, maybe that would be fun. My second time was not as good. Like, I, I did not like it as much the second time. Really? Yeah, because, like, the surprises, you know, the the cute little nods, I think, mm-hmm. worked the first time. But then the second time, when you know they're coming, it's just not as fun. But does it dispel? I know a lot of people say that seeing it second time, they enjoy it more because their anxiety of if it's going to be good or bad is kind of gone already. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, when you saw saw episode one, like, right at the beginning of episode one, there's all this talk about, there's all this talk about trade federations and (laughs) negotiations, and you're just like, what the hell is this? Right, exactly. Where everybody's so excited. Oh, my God! And then when we're like... (laughs) Yeah, I know I saw episode one at least three, two to three times in the first week or two that it came out, and oh which God, is crazy. Yeah, I, don't, I think it was like, I was so, I was like, oh, I'm going to buy tickets to the midnight show, and oh, shit, might as well get one on Tuesday and one on Thursday, because <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, think, remember, I remember going to see episode one, like, with friends, like, we would just say, you want to go see it again? And everybody was kind of like, eh, all right. But, you know, it was like the only reason anybody wanted to see it was, well, it's got that Padre scene, which is kind of cool, and the Darth Maul fight's kind of cool, but nobody really wanted to see it. Like, nobody yeah. really, like, had a desire to see it. It was almost kind of like we were just doing it more out of, you know, it was obligatory. Like, God, oh, Star Wars, we got to go see Star Wars. Or just try to, like, say, is there anything good about this? I, I, there was definitely some of that. I was like, maybe this time I'll see it differently the next time, you know, and I'll get more out of it. But yeah, I think yeah. Almost, almost everybody was hoping – was into the novelty of being able to drive to a movie theater and watch a Star Wars movie. Right. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember episode I remember episode two was the first time where I think I really felt like the magic sort of died for me because I remember coming out of episode two with a group of people that were very enthusiastic. And I remember saying, no, that was awful. Like that was just awful all the way around. And, and like the people that were with me were like, well, I don't know. It was pretty cool. Like they had that arena fight. I'm like, no, that was a terrible fucking movie. It's not good. And and people were just like, no, you're being too harsh on it. You're being too critical. And I'm like, no, I can tell that's a terrible fucking movie. Like there's no doubt 
in my mind that that movie is not good. And, and, you know, for years, I think, you know, people tried to sort of defend it or, you know, basically say, well, there's more going on there than what you're letting on to. But that was the first time where I really just kind of felt like, nope, there's just nothing redeeming in this film for me. And at least with episode three, you know, you kind of get the Obi-Wan Anakin fight. It's, you know, that part's okay. But God, episode two is just such a fucking train wreck. It's, it's awful. And, uh, it, and the pacing of it's really weird, too. Like, it, it doesn't flow well. Uh, I mean, at least episode one kind of has a certain rhythm to the storytelling. Um, Liam although that's, yeah, the Liam Neeson's. Right, see? Yeah. A little bit of redeeming this. Um, so, okay. So, I guess my question... Oh, so, so uh, you, you, you hosted a screening before it was officially released, right? For which Mark? one, The Force Awakens? Yeah, Force Awakens. Yeah, we did a we did a press-only screening, which was the Tuesday, the week that it came out. Okay. And, it was, and it was literally like a room filled with nothing but press... Um, and, and, you know, unfortunately, in those types of screenings, uh, a lot of these guys don't really emote to the film. So, like, <laughs> so, I, so I was genuinely, I had already got a ticket for the Thursday night show, and I, sure. was, genuinely, I was genuinely looking forward to seeing it Thursday night because I wanted to see it, like, with the fans because I wanted to yeah. see how the fans reacted to it. Right. And, um, but in a way, I'm kind of glad because I was able to see it Tuesday and watch it analytically so I could write my right. review. And then I was mm-hmm. able to watch it Thursday and see it with all the fans and really kind of, you know, enjoy the experience of it. Um, but, uh, and I end, I actually ended up seeing it a third time that week because I did two different movie theater promotions that week. So I saw it three times opening week. And then after that, I was kind of like, okay, I need to put some distance. Like, I, I, need, to, I need to not see this again for a while because otherwise it's going to, you know, kind of completely tarnish it. But I thought, you know, I... I thought it was very entertaining. I thought it was fun. Uh, I don't think it's a great movie. I, I don't. I don't think that. Um, I don't even know if I'd say it's a good Star Wars movie, but I think that it's a. It's an entertaining film, and I think it delivers what most of the fans would want from a Star Wars movie. So I think it succeeds in what it sets out to do. Um, I, I do think it's a film that once people have had some distance, like you know, another five years goes by. I think people will look back on it and really start to see some flaws in it. Um, but for right now, I think it's uh, it's satisfactory enough. You know, it's adequate enough to where it, it delivers. You know, pretty much what you want from a Star Wars movie. Well, we should just talk about what we uh, let's let's do this. Let's do uh, what we liked about it, and then we'll talk about what we didn't like about it. All right, you go first. I liked. Uh, I, I thought the characters, uh, the new characters they introduced, were well done. I thought it was well acted. I w- wasn't annoyed by them at all. I thought that that you know to have those leads. I mean, we all know John Boyega from uh, Attack the Block. Even though we're probably the only people that saw us, us and our nerd friends are the only ones that saw Attack the Block. You, you tell anybody normal about Attack the Block, they're like, "Oh, what's good?" I, 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 I loved it. Hmm. I saw that movie and I loved it. No, that's what I'm saying. No, no, no. We're the only ones that know about that movie. Yes, anybody else is like, oh, what's that? Oh, no one knows about that movie, but us nerds, of course. Uh, I thought that the the chick that was uh, Ray, she was. I thought she did a really good job. I thought BB-8 was really cute and cool and not annoying. I didn't think anything about the movie was annoying. You know, where I was like, oh God, really? I like Poe. I thought he did a good job. I thought it was underutilized. 
But uh, I thought uh, uh, when when, um, when he froze that blast in the beginning, that 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 laser blast, I thought that was yeah, bad. Yeah. I was like, oh okay. I wanted more of that in the movie. You know what I mean? I thought it was a safe movie. You know what I mean? They stuck, you know, they pretty much followed the same kind of outline as the, the A New Hope, which was good. You know, that was the safest way to do it and the most pleasing way to kind of introduce a new generation to the classic story, let's say. You know what I mean? I thought they did a fairly decent job with that. I thought Han was good. I didn't think, well, I'll get to the bad after we do the bad thing. I thought the introduction of the Millennium Falcon was really funny. Yeah, I, I love that. that. Yeah, I think that all, it caught everybody by surprise, and everybody got a chuckle out of that. Um, I thought the humor in it was pretty funny as well. You know, it wasn't overdone, and it was uh, it wasn't anything you rolled your eyes over. I didn't roll my eyes over any of the jokes at all, and I thought, yeah, I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, they did a pretty good job with the uh, the just the character interactions. I thought that the, the characters worked well with each other. There wasn't a single boner in the bunch where you're just like oh god really i gotta put up with this person on screen for this amount of time or anything like that and that's pretty much it it's a fun ride i enjoyed myself it lags a little well i'll get to the that stuff later but i i, I thought it was uh yeah i enjoyed it i had a big grin on my face the whole time watching it you know i thought that one part where uh uh, uh fucking uh uh fucking rilo fucking what the fuck's his name again i keep fucking fucking up his name Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, that fucker. When he was having his little fucking little bitch fit, and those troopers were rounding the corner, and they're like, uh-uh, "No, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I lol, I lol, Larry." Yeah, the humor is done well. That's something that in the prequels was done terribly. They want right. well, the original Star Wars movies. There's, there's humor to them. That's good and effective. It works well. But those prequels, any attempt at humor was absolutely terrible. (laughs) We'll make Jar Jar step in a pile of shit. That'll be hilarious. (laughs) Right. And everybody still talks about that scene today. Right, yeah, just that stupid shit. You're just like, God, that cringeworthy shit. There wasn't, I didn't notice anything too cringeworthy at all in it, where I was like, really? They let them get away with that? Are you fucking kidding me? They played it safe, which I think was a smart move on their part. You know what I mean? There's a lot of different ways they could have went with that movie. You know what I mean? And uh, the way they did it, I think, uh, was very pleasing to a lot of new fans and a lot of old fans. And You know what I mean? Just they catered. they, they, They really struck a balance with everybody which is very amazingly hard to do, I think. You know what I mean? So that was kind of a Herculean task to actually pull off what they did do. You know? That's what that's what I was impressed with the most, that they were able to pull it off in a narrative way and just... Uh, it felt like a Star Wars movie. That, that That's what I felt when I was watching it. It felt like a Star Wars movie, which pleased me, of course. I think they probably knew what the stakes were, that the stakes were pretty high, so... Sure. They they put they probably hedged their bets on a few things and um, you know I I can see that it's a safe movie but it's also like you're saying um, no one has a problem with safe like I think safe is no. okay, okay for this one right 
Now, the, the stakes are going to be really high for the next one, obviously. Right. But, I, you know, I uh, hopefully they already got some kind of game plan for that as well, you know, which I have no doubt. And I guess the most rewarding thing is that I want to know what happens next. I want to know where they're going with this. You know what I mean? Right. That's something they managed to do well is, like, actually end it where you want to see the next movie. Right. I think that was and that's, a good idea and, to, to do the whole Luke thing where he's fucking hanging out on that fucking island and you're like, what, 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 what? Well, I like I like I like a lot of unanswered questions. You know, that just keeps everybody going crazy till the next one. You know what I mean? It just fuels everybody's online fervor for answers and speculation. You know, and that's a good thing when it comes to movies like this. You know, yeah, I, think well, without, minutes, I don't think anybody gave a fuck after that. Be like, oh, who cares what happens next? You know what I mean? We know uh, New Hope's gonna happen two films later, so who, who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Like that. You know, now that I've seen The Revenant. Like I'm, I'm I, I really like that uh, Donald Gleason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's showing up everywhere. Yeah, yeah what, a, uh, what a fucking year that guy's had. You know, as far as like oh, yeah. re- new releases. You know, he's fucking uh, what was it, Ex Machina with all Ex Machina. Yeah. And, uh, and who was in uh, uh, Llewellyn Davis? Uh, Poe and who the fuck else was in it? Kylo Ren and uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, I think they chose really good. They chose really good up and coming, not up and coming, but really solid actors that are kind of on the fringe of no one really. You know, the general audiences don't know who these people are. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely, yeah. But to showcase that is, I think, really, really a good idea. You know. Like, if you throw a fucking Samuel Jackson, everybody knows who the fuck that is, you know? It kind of detracts. Or even Liam Neeson. Everybody knew who the fuck Liam Neeson was by the time he was in fucking uh, uh, Phantom Menace. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. the same... Yeah, the, well, same only, the only real un, unknowns that they had in those prequels were, like, Hayden Christensen and whatever the kid, Jake... Uh, Jake Lloyd. Jake. Yeah. Right. So, you, you, could, you could almost argue that Natalie Portman was still kind of an unknown at that point. I mean, the only real big movie she had done was uh, The Professional, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're established actors were all they really had to go on. Cause they, yeah. I, and, I just, and I saw part of um, <clears throat> what was the, uh, Jingle All the Way the other day on television. Uh, and that was the, I think that was the movie right before uh uh, episode one, and I just can't imagine somebody seeing that kid in Jingle All the Way and going, oh, let's just put, make him as the linchpin of the Star Wars damn universe. <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you something, though. If you go back and watch, I mean, not, not that you really need to, but if you, if, on the original episode one DVD, they actually put, like, some of the auditions and stuff on there, and they have Jake Lloyd's audition. And I'm telling you, man, Jake Lloyd gets a lot of shit. Like, a lot of people give him a hard time. But he's so fucking good in that audition. Like, he really nails it. And I think the biggest problem was you had George Lucas directing this kid. And, you know, George Lucas is just not a good director. And and so he managed to make this kid deliver this really awful performance. But, you know, everybody's awful in episode one. I mean, all you really established yeah. actors... Even Liam Neeson, even Samuel Jackson, everybody is awful in that movie. So, oh, yeah, I, yeah. 
I hate the fact that everybody kind of dogpiles on Jake Lloyd because it's not sure. it's not like Jake Lloyd is the reason that movie is bad. Jake Lloyd right. is just one of many reasons that movie is bad. The number one reason that movie is bad is George Lucas. Yeah. yeah. So. No, 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 no. I'm with, I'm with you on that because Natalie Portman is awful in those movies as well. Oh, yeah. She's terrible. And they're all terrible. I mean, even, even in episode three, which you would think by the third movie – they would have, you know, worked out some of the kinks. Even in episode three, there's a couple of line readings that are cringeworthy. I mean, like, like there's stuff where, you know, like Hayden Christensen, you underestimate my power. And it's just like, wow, how, why, how did they watch him do that and say, yep, that works? You know, I mean, it just makes no sense. So I think it just proves that Lucas, you know, Lucas is a great effects director, but he's just not an actor's director. Spielberg is an actor's director. You know, Scorsese is an actor's director. You know, you've got to have an actor's director to get good performances out of actors. Yeah, you, 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 think, you're on to something, definitely. You know, I've thought that before as well. Because, uh, you know, keep in mind, you know, you know, a lot of just casual Star Wars fans that aren't, like, really deep into it, like us dorks, uh, they don't know that. Empire was directed by uh, Irwin Irwin Irwin. Irwin. you know yeah. what I mean? They have no idea that Richard McQuarr directed Return of the Jedi. They're like, huh? They don't even know that. You mentioned those names. They're like, who? who huh? What, what's that? I don't understand that. They, well, yeah, you can, even, you, can even, you, you can even go back to A New Hope and, you know, people try to make the argument of, well, yeah, but George Lucas directed A New Hope. I mean, he obviously is not that bad of a director. And, and my argument to that is, yeah, that was 1977, technically 1976 when they shot yeah. it. And the guy didn't direct another movie until 1999. So, I mean, at some point, you know, being out of out of the game for that long, you know, that that's part of the problem. You know, I mean, you can't – sometimes you can jump right back into it, George Miller, but sometimes you can't. <laughs> right. And, and no, I, th- no. I think it was just a simple matter of George Lucas, you know, he had been out of the game for far too long, and he tried to jump back into it, and, you know – Nobody. He was. He surrounded himself with yes men. You know, he surrounded himself with, with people like Rick McCollum and people oh, that were sure. never going to tell him no. And, oh, right. and so nobody ever had the balls to stand up to him and say, "George, this is shit. Sorry, this is not working." The one, the one director. The one director, which I think I told the story on one of the podcasts before. Um, there was uh, there was a time when I think it was when they screened episode one for the very first time. Lucas screened it for, like, a handful of his director buddies. And, like, there was a bunch of famous people in that room, Coppola and Scorsese and maybe Spielberg. But one of those people in that room was Frank Darabont. And at the time, uh, Darabont had just finished writing that script for Indy 4. And so uh, when they finished screening the movie and Lucas was kind of going around the room asking everybody what they thought, when they got to Darabont... You know, Darabont was the guy that stood up and said, I'm sorry, George, but this is just not good. Like, this is not, not, you know, I don't know why you think this is going to work as a movie. You know, all this stuff about politics and trade federations, nobody's going to want to see that. This doesn't feel like Star Wars. And and he basically laid it all out and talked about how awful it was. And, uh, and, then, and like, you know what then, happened? Lucas Lucas uh, hit a button and the trap door opened and he got fed <laughs> to a rancor. Well, I'll tell you something. It's, not, it's actually not that far off because basically what happened was Darabont 
very shortly after that was told that he, his services were no longer needed and he got fired off the Indy 4 project. And, and so, you know, he was the one guy that stood up to Lucas and said, this is crap. And, you know, he ended up being ostracized for it. And that right there proves that, you know, George Lucas just he can't take criticism. Well, I think that I, you know, I hear people say, like, oh, you know, nobody, nobody, tell, nobody told Lucas no on episode one. He had sycophants surrounding him like flies. Sure. And he, but he did such a good job with the first, first film that he obviously knows what he's doing. Uh, like you said, there's a, sure. there's a lot of time between then and now. But also, there were a lot of people telling him no on his first film. He didn't have that crowd of yes men. He had a bunch of people telling him no, 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 no. And they probably saved it from him making something much worse. It wouldn't have grown oh, sure. into what it is now. Right. I don't know where it is, but uh, during the scene where uh, Luke and Han and Chewie get their medals, you know, when they walk down the aisle, mm. yeah. Yeah, apparently, apparently a lot of those dudes were like totally like making cardboard looking. Yeah, well, they were they were totally like heckling those guys. <laughs> like <laughs> we're in this terrible movie. Like they they didn't even know it was going to be any good. <laughs> hey, your metal sucks. <laughs> <laughs> your metal sucks indeed. <laughs> Who the fuck is that bear? <laughs> 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 audio clip of him yelling no from the... I believe they have. <laughs> don't do it. You need suicide. Don't do it. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, I'm obsessed with like watching that shit. I spent a lot of time watching that shit. I'm, I'm easily amused, as you know. And once I get that Oculus looking porno Oculus, forget it. Good night, John. You're in VR land? Yeah, I'll be... Yeah, come on. You'll be in my job. Cocoon. Yeah, I mean, I'll be wrapped in my cum cum. <laughs> just gestating. The real world can eat a dick. The virtual okay. world forever. can eat a dick. Okay, so the fun part is, let's talk about what we didn't quite like about Force Awakens. Um, 
the hot button issue, which is something that stood out even the first time I watched it, is uh-huh. Ray being good at everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, where yeah. They consider her, oh, she's a Mary Sue. No, she's not right. a Mary Sue. What the fuck is this Mary Sue term? I got to look this fucking shit up. I thought it was just a fucking website where the fucking comic book cunts just complain about shit. But apparently I looked it up. I looked it up on Wikipedia because I didn't know what it was. Uh-huh. And apparently, like when you're when one is writing fan fiction, yes. like twi- Twilight fan fiction or mm-hmm. something, uh, the fantasy is that you put yourself into the story. Uh, okay. Uh, and you are a generic uh, character in the story where all the main characters are kind of like wowed by you and that's just part of the fantasy um and that is a mary sue a uh right but you can do everything though too right right it's an inserted character and like what was that jesus oh that was me i'm coming in my apartment sorry Um, (laughs) i thought thought it was what the fuck i thought it was on the locker or something (laughs) that's right i'm on my special I'm getting on my rockets. Um, I thought I thought it had something to do with that stupid Mary Sue website. Well, that the, that's, this was named off of, right? Yeah, that website is named off of this fan fiction um, terminology. So in a loose way, so in a loose way, it does have something to do with the website, but only in the sense that the website's based off the term. Yes. Okay. Right. 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 I just well, I'm not even a, I'm not even familiar with the website. Can you guys tell me what the website is? Oh, well, 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 here's a, here, here's no. I'm going to tell you how I became familiar with it first, real quick. Okay. So it didn't mean to interrupt you, Mark. But uh, we, we, uh, used we, the, we, we used that website's worst nightmare. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh yeah, yeah. I told you. No, but I love this. This was great. They did a. You remember when Fury, when Fury Road did those comics through Vertigo mm-hmm. and all that shit like that? They did a Furiosa comic, right? Right, and they were just appalled by it, and they did like a panel by panel breakdown on how awful it was, and how rapey it was, and how terrible it was. It was fucking awesome. I loved it. It was great. It was like pages on pages dissecting every fucking thing in that fucking comp. Oh, it was just fantastic. You gotta check it out. It's pretty. That's why I first became aware of the Mary Sue. But anyway, okay. Well, Andy, to explain the website pretty easily for you, basically, it's a, it's it's kind of a. Uh, I guess you could call it a feminist website. You know, they, they okay. basically look for they look for any kind of uh, let's just say social justice warrior. A lot of that extended from this website. Like a lot of people kind of came up with that term based on actions of this website. So like these guys will see something and they'll say, for example, like with Star Wars, they'll say, well, hey, uh, all the stores have Star Wars figures, but there's a noticeable shortage of Ray figures. You know, Ray isn't featured in Monopoly, so that's an obvious uh, chauvinistic, you know, masochistic point of view, and blah, blah, blah. And they'll try to find something that they can complain about with anything that has to do with, you know, women somehow getting slighted, whether it's in film, TV, comics, you name it. Uh, mm-hmm. If they see a comic book cover that they consider sexist, they'll make a big deal out of it. Uh, oh, were, they the, were they the origins of the realistic comic poses? Well, no, they were. I think one of their biggest offenses, one of the things that pissed a lot of people off was, if I'm not mistaken, they were the website that... Spider-Woman? Uh, well, I was thinking, I, well, they were the ones that got pissed about Spider-Woman, but they were also the ones that got pissed about... 
um, there was a series of Joker covers. Yeah, and there was oh, a cover, yeah, girl, yeah. And there was a cover where the Joker had Bat Batgirl on the cover, like he was going to kill her, and it was a variant cover. It wasn't even the regular cover. It was a variant yeah. cover, and it's like directly based smearing or something like that, right, on her face and all that shit. Yeah, yeah but he had like, like a gun to her head. Yeah. It's directly based on one of the most popular Batman stories of all time. It it it, mm-hmm. it it has every possible you know frame of reference, and what they did was they saw the cover and they thought, you know, well this implies uh, you know like abuse of rape and blah blah blah, and so they they complained about it and fucking DC Comics pulled the cover and it was like one of the coolest looking Batman it covers was a great ever. Cover. Yeah. And, and they pulled the cover because they didn't want the bad publicity. And, and you know, the thing about it is, is what pisses me off about that, it's not so much the fact that these people got up in arms about the cover. The fact that DC pulled it, I mean, what kind of precedent does that set? You know, it basically says, yeah. oh, if one small group of people gets offended by this thing, then we're just going to cave and take it down. I mean, you know, it's kind of like that website One Million Moms complaining about how the Muppets isn't family friendly. Well, is, you know, One Million Moms is probably a website run by two old women, you know? I mean, who knows what that is? And and I just get sick and tired of, like, you know, websites like the Mary Sue making a federal case out of stuff. Another thing that they did recently which made a lot of headlines was um, there was a panel at Gen Con, I think it was. Let's not get too far off topic here. <laughs> well, basically, well, basically, what they do is they look for any what they consider to be injustice towards women, and okay. if they I, see something that they think is an injustice towards women, then they make a huge deal out of it. And and it's so, like they, it's the it's the comic book equivalent to that Gamergate shit, I think. With right. Chick, right. 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 So yeah, but they but they that. target everything. They don't just target comic books. They target movies, TV, you know. Uh, okay. I think it's a I, I, could I just, love it. And I, and I can see the, the counter-argument to Ray being a, a Mary Sue-type character where she's just good at everything. Um, it's like a lot of male fantasy is like that as well. Sure. But to me, I wanted to see a little bit of growth, like her maybe not being so good with a lightsaber or her not right. knowing how to pilot the Millennium Falcon as soon as she got in. That, that kind of stuff just stuck out for me a little bit. Well, you can yeah. thank uh, you can thank Max Landis because he's the guy that first called her at Mary Sue. Well, no, it's without Max Landis, I had that problem. You know, it yeah, like no, me I, sitting I there watching I, the I, movie. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is kind of a lot to ask that you know we just assume that she's capable of doing all this stuff. But uh, you know, I also think that you could make you could make the argument, for example, like her knowing how to do everything on the Falcon. You know, she's a scavenger. She knows what parts do what. She she's taken stuff apart and put it back together. At, at, you know, at what time. point? At what point is she piloting something though? Well, she does say she's a pilot. Like like when when you know when Finn finds her and he says we need a pilot and she says we've got one and kind of like insinuating that she is a pilot. So we just yeah, have that's, to know, we, that's, it, we have to assume that, that, that she's piloted ships. That wasn't enough for me. <laughs> they needed to have a long scene of her pod racing first to establish that she can fly. You know the one down. line, the one line that got Luke off the hook is like him talking about his T sixteen. Like he would talk about his yeah. buddies, you know, flying around and doing T sixteen stuff. Like even that was enough for me. But for Ray just to say, "Oh, I'm a pilot," I'm like, "Really?" Because you look like a bum to me. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a bum that squats in an attic. 
Yeah, that's which is cool. cool as shit, yeah. but to also... You could probably find a literal bum that would tell you that he's a pilot in any given moment. <laughs> right. Like, give me a dollar. Yeah. Hey, I'm a pilot. Hell yeah, I'm a pilot. Whatever. <laughs> I need some jet fuel. <laughs> Help this old pilot out. Help this old flying tiger well, out. So, Andy, do you think do you think it's safe to say that that was Jesus? Do you think that's safe to say that that was some sort of a reactionary thing in that they were trying to come up with a character that could do all the stuff that the guys in Star Wars have done, sure. like you know, with the fact that she's a woman. So they were basically just trying to cram all those abilities into one character? No, no. You know, it didn't really stick out to me like that. Like, my main problem is just a a story growth type of thing. Because you want to see her in the next movie maybe get a little bit better. Like, the the cool thing about Luke was that Luke kind of sucked at stuff in the first movie. And then in Empire, you see him training. You see him getting better. And, like, that's a really satisfying arc you want to see like a a rocky training type of sequence where you know they go from raw talent to getting pretty good and they kind of bypassed all that with ray no yeah Yeah, i I, wonder i I wonder i I agree though i i I wholeheartedly agree i was was just what i was gonna say i wonder if maybe if they had just put in a line you know kind of similar to that t16 or whatever like if they put in a line where she said something about you know this reminds me of pod racing when i was younger like, would that have been satisfactory enough? Or do you think that there really needed to be uh, a lot more exposition as to why she knows how to fly the Falcon? Um, I don't know. Even, you know, like Anakin was the big pod race guy and um, getting to see him do it was pretty cool. But uh, if he if he just said that he's a pilot or if there was some pilot stuff laying around the house, that would be enough for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, unfortunately, like... unfortunately, I think that's part of the problem with the Ray character is that, you know, we still don't know. I mean, we really don't know her past or her origins. So there's like so much of her life that we really have no frame of reference on. You know, like, I mean, basically, you, you know that she was dropped on that planet when she was a little girl. And you can assume that she's probably in her, I guess, mid-20s now. So there's probably, you know, 15 or more years that we don't know what she did. You know, what, what, what did she do between the time when she was dropped off on that planet? We know she's a scavenger. We know she takes parts off of ships and sells them or whatever. And we know she's been on there a lot of days because they show you the, you know, little ticks on the wall and whatnot. But that's pretty much it. You know, I mean, there's there's a whole section in there that we have no frame of reference on, you know, where she comes from, what she did, what her abilities are. And, um, and unfortunately, I, I doubt that much of that's going to be explored other than maybe how she got to the planet. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if she would have did some kind of crazy moves and that fucking speeder thing she had after she's done salvaging when you first introduced the character, right. she just kind of speeds along to the to the junkyard to sell her shit. But maybe she, she say she would have took a shortcut through a canyon and was just weaving in and out of shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just so you can see yeah. her, her kind of like piloting skills. Just a little thing like that, I think, would have went a long way into showcasing that she is a good pilot. She knows how to do right. shit, you know, what I mean? like that. You know, something small like that. Well, they do yeah. kind of go out of their way to show that, you know, she's a tough girl. She can take care of herself. I mean, she's probably she's probably had to learn how to take care of herself because she's constantly having to fight off scav- other scavengers and stuff like that. So she's, you know, she's, she's very resourceful. But uh, I, love, I love the fact that you can 
treat the Millennium Falcon kind of like an old beat up truck now. Like it's kind, <laughs> of, invin- it's kind of invincible that you can it's like skip it. The of the sky. The sky. <laughs> yeah, man, it's tough as shit. And you know, you can you can bang it up against the ground, and it really doesn't affect how well it flies. I think that's cool. Well, I, I love how you know, even in New Hope, it was they always say it's a piece of shit. It's always yeah, it's a junk ship. Yeah, it's a joke. Holy Sorry. fuck! What the hell is that? I'm I'm peeling plastic off this glass because I'm I'm putting some shit into frames. Sorry. <laughs> could you could you put the phone directly in the plastic? I, I think a little bit of that. A little bit of that also might have been me scraping the ice off my windshield just now. The ice scraper. In San Antonio? No, I, no, no. This is what it sounds like. <laughs> it's all Andy. Anyway. Um, I, one I, thing I, I did like is her, uh, is Ray's, uh, like every time Finn would like try to protect her or, you know, be the man. She was just kind of confused by it. Like, what the hell? Like, I, why are you trying to help me? I don't, I am not in need of help. That yeah, like. well, see, unfortunately, a lot of people perceive that as, like, this uh, over-the-top feminism. Like, they basically said, like, the fact that she's, like, don't hold my hand or whatever, like, that that, that was more of, like, a feminist reaction, you know. And, and like, I, I, like I, saw, I saw it exactly how you saw it. I saw it as more of a like her being confused, like why do you have to hold my hand for us to escape type of thing. But but I think a lot of people perceived it more as, you know, oh, look, this is the filmmaker's way of saying she's a strong, competent woman and doesn't need a man to take care of her. And and I don't really know that I that think, was necessarily what they were trying to do. No, you know? but I think they, they with those scenes they accomplished two things because they had her and her independence and Finn's like innate need to, or, you know, feeling that, of, of being, being heroic, being a of not, right, right, of not yeah. just being a cog or a, you know, a soldier. Well, it kind of goes back to the whole thing, like you know, he 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 basically is doing what is he perceives to be the right thing to do, and whether that's protecting somebody or not shooting somebody or whatever the case may be, you know, he he's constantly kind of following uh, the morality, you know, and and he's he's basically responding to what he believes to be the right thing and, and whether that's holding somebody's hand and trying to protect them or, you know, shooting people or choosing not to shoot people, you know, he, he's following his morality and not, you know, just following orders blindly. Yeah. Um, it would have been interesting, you know, I mean, I guess a little bit at a time and who knows, maybe they'll build up to this in, in some of the future films, but it would be kind of interesting to see a moment where you had like a bunch of stormtroopers and, you know, they're being ordered to kill people, and then you see maybe, like, like four or five of them saying, like, I can't do this, you know, and, like, having kind of that, you know, realization of, you know, just because these guys were raised to do this at some point, you know, instinct kicks in and says, you know, I, I can't force myself to kill these people just because I'm being told to. Um, yeah. It, it, it would be kind of interesting if they eventually I build can, up to that. I can see them doing that because, mostly because they established that there was still some clone army in development, which they kind of laughed off. Like, no, we don't need your clones. We got we got these trained up guys. Right. So the need for them coming in because of, you know, sort of a mass sort of awakening of the stormtroopers realizing that they're, you know, what they're doing. Yeah. 
Well, and, and you know, it's it's very obvious the parallels in this film to, uh, you know, the General Hux character, the Thomas Gleason guy. I mean, he, it's very like Hitler's, you know, uh, creating the perfect army and the, you know, the raising these, you know, children from birth to be these soldiers and everything. But, you know, there's obviously going to be issues that come with that because unlike a clone army can't predict how these guys are going to react when they get into yeah. battle and and i think that that's that's a very interesting side of you know the storytelling aspect of it whereas with the clone army it's when you think about it just inher- inherently the idea of a clone army is pretty boring you know i mean there's just they're they're always going to be the same right but that's what the personality is just supposed to do what they're told and that's it yeah and then it's supposed to get the other way i thought it would be more interesting if maybe this wasn't his first outing into this kind of thing. Maybe this was his umpteenth time and he just couldn't take it anymore kind of deal. That's kind of how I yeah, interpreted the, the, the it. It was like PTSD. He was having right. the, the, problem, no, no. the problem though is if you did it that way, then he's, uh, he's, then you're implying that he's done bad stuff before. Right. He's and I think fine. the way they, they have to make him, they have to make him a pure character so that he can become a pure hero. You know, I mean, it's one of the same. It's one of the same reasons why you couldn't have Darth Vader turn good and fight side by side with Luke, because it doesn't erase the fact of everything he did as Darth Vader. You know, I mean, you, you basically you can have a character redeem themselves and then die, but but to redeem themselves and then stay alive, that's a very tricky thing to do when it comes to storytelling. Right. Yeah. No. No. I understand all that. It just. Yeah. It would be. It would just been nice to see that. I was a little disappointed. They talked about fucking Phasma all the fucking live long day. You barely saw a shit with her. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's a real They're to bound to do something with that, right? Because I mean, they didn't sure. do any sort of final. There was no death scene. It was just like she's gone. The end. Yes. They've already said they've already said that that character's back in the next movie, and I have a feeling what I have a feeling what's probably going to happen just because the way they've set things up. Uh, you know, Kylo Ren is all fucked up at the end of the movie, so like he's probably going to need time to heal and complete his training. So what sure. they'll likely do in the sequel is they'll probably have you know someone like Captain Phasma will sort of step up and become the big bad. You know, and yeah. and she'll be the big bad for the next film, and then you know at the end of the movie they'll probably take her head off with a lightsaber, and then in the <laughs> third movie, you know Kylo Ren comes back all big and bad, and you know Luke has to uh, work with uh, Ray to you know defeat Kylo Ren or something. I'm I'm sure that's kind of where it's headed. I can't imagine that Kylo Ren will be fit for battle by the next film. I, I just don't see that happening. So I think the Phasma character, obviously they're setting that character up to do more with it because, you know, she's already signed on for the next film. But, uh, but yeah, this film, it really did kind of feel like a waste because, you know, she's obviously design-wise a very cool-looking character, and it's it's obvious sure. that they intend for that to be something special. But, boy, oh, boy, was she not something special <laughs> in this movie. And speaking of not utilized at all, my boy from the fucking uh, uh, raid, <laughs> oh yeah, that was a real that what? was a real oh, disappointment. Right. Yeah. I saw him. I'm like, oh wow, that's great. Not only did you get one of them, they got both of those guys. <laughs> well, and you know, and you know what's funny? And you know what's funny about that scene, Lee, is that the way they set that scene up, it's like, okay, you have those thugs that come in 
on one sure. side with the Irish guy, and then the two raid guys come in on the other side, and I thought, <laughs> and he got, okay, these guys, these guys are going to fight. Like, yeah, right. Well, I, yeah, I kept thinking, like, okay, they've set this up perfectly. These guys are going to fight, and, you know, cool. Han is either going to get in the middle of the fight or being trying to escape while they fight. And then sure. the cynical monsters show up, and it's just kind of like, what? What a waste. <laughs> you know, like, like, why would you even bother to get those guys at that point? Right, doing what they do best. I mean, they look cool regardless course but you're, you're like oh shit if you know who those guys are you're like oh here it comes yeah <laughs> well yeah because the first time the first time i saw it when those guys came on screen they actually got applause like people knew who they were and they were like all oh, right it's the raid guys so like everybody's sitting there waiting for something to happen and nothing <laughs> <Yeah>. happened <laughs> nothing it's like jesus christ that whole scene with those tentacle monsters yeah, I I kind of hated that scene. Like, I really kind of felt like that scene didn't belong in that movie. Like, I, yeah, I know why it's much. in there because I mean, every every Star Wars movie always has a scene where they have to face a monster of some sort. So I know sure. why it's in there, but I, I felt like that scene just felt really out of place, like altogether. Well, one of my problems with the raid was always that there was not enough tentacle monsters in it. So it sort of <laughs> satisfied satisfied something that was missing from my life. And this was your chance, right? You're like, here it is. Yes. <laughs> they got my letter. Yeah. They <laughs> got happy Um, I, when Honda, you know, at the end, where Leia's hugging uh, Ray, mm-hmm. why the fuck is she not hugging, hugging Chewie? What's going on there? Yeah. Chewie just walks by. I'm like, that is your your the love of your life, let's say. I doubt she's getting much dick. You know what I mean? She's too busy running resistances and shit. Um, Chewie, that's his best friend of all fucking time, obviously. You know, he's just walking. He's just in the background, all fucking uh, out of focus and shit. And she's hugging Ray like, oh, sorry, Ray. Oh, I know you went through a traumatic time there. But I thought it would have been a nice poignant moment and a nice closing moment for them to close the door on Han Solo, have those two that were closest to him, that loved him the most of all the people. Yeah, they could have the they been. They, they could have been like hugging, like inconsolably or something. But I think, sure. I think no, you my, my, it. everybody would have got it. But the, oh shit! My yeah. theory, my, my theory be, behind that, my it would theory be the behind that, and the bro. My theory behind <laughs> that is twofold. My theory behind that is, is twofold. One, because you already saw Chewie Hugger early in the film, so it would have been redundant. Yeah, but that was nothing. Have... That was just like, welcome back, Cotter. Yeah, you know but I mean? still, it's like, I, I mean, I actually... the, bottom, the, bottom line is, the bottom line is you've had that moment. You don't need to redo that moment. And then the second part of the theory is that uh, I think that there's a very good reason why she hugs Ray the way that she does, because I think that what, what we're going to find out uh, going forward is that uh, either one of two things, either Ray is, you know, the popular theory is that Ray is Luke's daughter. Luke's daughter. I, I don't, I, I don't subscribe to that at all. And the secondary theory is that Ray is uh, Han and Leia's daughter. Which I don't like I that think, well, but at the same time, I think that that would explain why she's giving her this very sort of motherly hug, like this prolonged no, but, hug. But, 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 but based on what you're saying, when they first introduced to her, they don't really have the reaction at all, like, uh, oh, shit, that might be... Well, maybe they, don't realize, maybe they don't realize who she is. I mean... I don't, but, but I, here, I here's the, well, here's the other thing you got to think about, Lee. Think, think yeah. about, in regards to her, think about the fact that 
when Han Solo first encounters her and they fly together on the Falcon, like, again, mm-hmm. kind of going back to what Andy said, like, she sort of, like, instinctively knows everything to do on the Falcon. The fact mm-hmm. that Han Solo, after just meeting her, offers her a job to work with him on the Falcon, and the fact that he says, you know, Chewie likes you. Um, there's a scene where she's captured by Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren has a, a very specific line where he says, you know, Han Solo, I bet you <laughs> you're my sister, the father you? you never had. What? Right. No, I said the line was, oh, you're my sister, aren't you? Well, no, but he said, but he said, he says, he says, uh, Han Solo, I bet you feel he's like the father you never had. Now, now right. here's the thing. One thing that we know about Abrams is Abrams never includes anything for nothing. He never puts a line in a movie. He never puts a shot in a movie without it having some sort of meaning behind it. Yeah. So if you start yeah. looking at some of those little things that happen throughout the film, I think it is entirely possible that she could end up being like a second child to Han and Leia. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I know that's probably what, you know, I, I think that's exactly, you're exactly right. They're going to do that. So I don't like it though. I don't, I, I just don't like that. Everybody has to be fucking siblings of one another. And Oh, then Finn's fucking Lando's kid. Right. Also. Well, don't you know, don't you know that out. Star Wars, don't you know Star Wars is all about one family in the entire galaxy? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, that's really, that's really I think it's largely about shitty, shitty parenting. Yeah. Like across <laughs> across the board. I started to wonder what George Lucas's childhood was like, just from just a repeated theme of terrible parenting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to think of one positive parental role in that. I mean, other than like an adopted role, like Ben Kenobi or something. But, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all about adop- adoptive uh, father figures and mothers for all these wayward fucking assholes. Was Lucas right? adopted? I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that. Like all another of, little... Like another all, of Lucas's, all of Lucas's kids are adopted. Yeah, that's really? true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's all coming together. Here we go. Yeah, and he is a terrible father. I mean, what? <laughs> um, said, like... Yeah, he sends me like $15 on my birthday every year. I'm 35 years old. And... <laughs> hey, wait a second. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, I thought that I, I loved a good John Williams score. I didn't think the John Williams score was, and I have the soundtrack. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it was that impressive or that distinct. No, nah, that's something... That's something I've talked about at length with people. I really thought it was yeah. kind of a disappointment. You know, I mean, right. it, it sounds pretty good on its own, like what? if you're just listening to it on its own. But within the context of the movie, it really doesn't seem to complement it all that well. There's no not, real memorable, not very memorable. Themes. No, yeah, not very no... memorable. I would you know what say I was the watching? prequel score is way better. The prequel score was way better. At least there's some distinctive cuts <laughs> there that were pretty good. moments, yeah. Yeah. You know what I was watching over break that really impressed me is Home Alone. Like that John Williams score is fucking awesome. Like every John every Williams little moment. Score Home Alone. Oh yeah. Yeah, he did. And Home Alone too. Na, 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 na. Back to the bad parenting theme. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I had no idea. Jesus. Mondo is putting that out in February. Oh, <laughs> are they going to charge me tax and then $8 shipping, even though I live fucking 10 minutes away from them? Yep. $36 all around. 
God damn it. Just so I can have that box printed with their fucking Mondo logo on it. <laughs> I Always get one complaining. Well, dude, I pay four dollars shipping. Whenever I get someone an album on eBay, I pay four bucks. Four, right. four dollars is shipping norm, and these fuckers are right down the street, dude. You know what I mean? Come on now. Yeah. It's seven dollars <laughs> shipping. Get the fuck out of here. You're sending it normal mail anyway. It's not like you're sending priority. And I'm still waiting. For I'm my ordering it. I'll come pick it up. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there. They won't let you. Uh, they won't let you pick it up locally. No, but I'm not going to go. Up, I'm not going to spend an hour driving up there to pick up some shit either. You know, well, then what are you complaining about? <laughs> I'm, no, I'm complaining because right. I could listen. Listen. It's just right down the Andy, street, an hour away. Listen, Andy knows. <laughs> Andy knows. Andy knows. These fucking cocksuckers, when they start putting shit out, you got to strike. And it's usually around 11 to 12 o'clock Central Time. That's when they always right. do it. So it's really not a mystery. So you got to hope yeah. you get it, right? And then you're like, okay, it's $45, double LP, blah, 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 colored vinyl, yeah, I get it, Insta, blah, 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 click, click, click. And it's like $45. And it's like, oh, and then it's like $58 right at the end of this thing. You're like, motherfucker, really? You know what I mean? It's expensive enough. It's never cheap, you know? But it's just, you know, it's I think they try, to offset, they, they try to offset that with the thrill of, oh, I got it. Yeah, the, fa- well, the fact that you're even baby. seeing that price is should be a thrill to you that it even made it to that screen. <laughs> yeah. When you don't see the sold out, the red sold out, yep. right? that, that should be exciting enough to know you got yeah. it. You can't yep. complain, right? Yeah, that's yeah, true. It, yeah, well, I was I'm always elated when I can get it, right? And then I complain four minutes afterwards, and I'm like, motherfucker, really? <laughs> Yeah, it's, hard, it's hard for me to say where John Williams started slipping or why why scores in general just don't stand out as much anymore. That's why I think like uh, Hateful Eight is so good because they dr- they yeah. drill that theme right into your head. You hear it so oh, often. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's fucking that was glorious. Oh, I fucking loved it. That was the first thing yeah. I got excited about in that movie was the the score right off the bat. Yep. Sure. Yeah, and it, uh, it's exceptional. Lee, that, that, that disappointment that you're talking about in terms of uh, pricing and whatnot, that's, sure. starting to, that's starting to extend its way into uh, uh, convention, like admission tickets now, because a lot of places, a lot of conventions are starting to use uh, you know, online ticket services, and so oh. what happens is, what happens is you'll see, you'll see a convention say like, okay, well, general admission tickets. Oh, like are, the Ticketmaster shit, right? Like where you get surcharges and all that. Yeah, like you know, they'll oh. say general admission tickets are thirty dollars, and then when you sure. buy it online, it's like, okay, there's a five dollar service fee plus a shipping fee plus all the stuff, and then once you're all said and done, you know, something that's supposed to cost thirty dollars costs you like forty two or forty three dollars. And so people are starting to really bitch about that now. Like they hate the fact that, you know, when they buy something in advance, because the, 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 me- the method of thinking is I'm buying this in advance. I should be getting a discount, not paying sure. more, you know, right, and, right. and, uh, and I kind of, you know, I see that point of view. I mean, like, I think there's a legitimate complaint there. Well, you know, I, I don't know why they haven't figured out, like, if you just show people the actual cost you add up all the costs, let's say, the service costs and all that, and you show that price and you have that price, that service price included in there and all that, yeah. it's not as annoying or frustrating at all. 
Yeah, but it, it always looks be- but it looks better. It looks better. I mean, look, if I'm going to put up, if I'm going to say, hey, general admission tickets are for sale, uh, right. if, if I bucks. say general admission tickets are for sale and they're forty two fifty, it's going to look a hell of a lot better if I say general admission tickets are up for sale and they're $30. You know, I mean, right. obvious, no, obviously, if you give them the full price, it's going to be discouraging, whereas if you give them the, you know, base price, that's going to look a lot better. So, it shows they don't care about it. Or well, I think I think what I think what needs to happen is I mean there are different ticket services out there. You know, there's obviously sure. some that charge more and some that charge less, but um, most most conventions nowadays have stopped mailing passes because it's just too much of a headache to have to deal with. Of course. It. Right, 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 right. No, I can see that for sure. Hey, what'd you guys think of that the fucking Star Killer base? Um, I, I, I like how it worked. I like sure. I like the theory of how it worked. Um, but the fact that it the fact that it's another principal thing that blows up the same way bugs right. me a little bit. Oh my god! It sounds like somebody got their own Star Killer base going on there. Yeah. <laughs> um. I didn't. I, I didn't like the way it worked. I, it's like it absorbs the power from the sun. I was like, well, the thing's <laughs> a, the thing's a planet. Why isn't it absorbing the power of the core of the planet, or something like that? You know what I mean? Is like really necessary? Well, you, gotta absorb the, you know, oh, you don't want to oh. get too scientific on any of that shit. But as soon as it starts sucking a star down to nothing, like every surrounding planet that depends on that star at all would pretty much instantly die. Right, including the Star Killer base, right? Yeah, got nothing left. <laughs> I wish because that thing was. I like. I like things that are like kind of epic in scale. I wish they would have showed the scale of that thing a little better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe have a fucking star destroyer fly over that fucking beam, the the core fucking eye thing or whatever. You know what I mean? To show the sense of scale. You know, that'd be pretty cool. You know, watching it the second time, I'm I'm not even clear on who's on that base and who's not at the end of it. <laughs> what do you mean? Who dies on the Star Killer base blow up? Probably Nobody, a million really. stormtroopers. But what principal characters do we know? Like um, I think none. none. Where was know, Hux? Where was Hux when it blew up? No, they they, they were escaping because uh, they told them to fucking abandon ship. Remember. Snoke or wherever the fuck said, hey, get the fuck out of there. There's a line of dialogue where the guy said, even Hux has already left. Yeah. Right. So they're Addy. They're Addy 5. No. All that's left is the caterers. They're They're killed in this explosion. (laughs) The caterers. (laughs) Right. Lunch. It's time for lunch. Hey, where'd everybody go? (laughs) Food's ready. Yeah. How did how did Kylo Ren get off that thing? I don't know. They don't show <laughs> how he gets off. I don't think. You know, you know how I think he got he got he hitched a ride like the Alien Queen in Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> he hopped onto the bottom of the Millennium Falcon and clung on. <laughs> so so the, the next movie's gonna start with him popping out, right? That's right. Icicle icicles all over his face. Yeah, <laughs> like the Revenant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get him a big beard. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. That is awesome. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, but yeah, there's a, there's tons of little things I guess you can nitpick at for the with the movie itself. Uh, I think it, I, I thought the movie dragged a little bit in the middle. You know what I mean? Which movies tend to do sometimes, of course. You know what I mean? I can't even narrow down which part. Maybe at that fucking castle, Maz's castle thingy there, that little fortress thing or whatever. Oh, I thought maybe the the uh, cantina where they meet the girl with asshole eyes. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Um, yeah, Maz. I didn't think... I thought that was a little bit boring. Right. I think that part drags a little too much for my yeah. case. I didn't think uh, Carrie Fisher did a fantastic job. It's not like she had a lot to work with, though, of course. I didn't think she knocked it out of the park. Like, I think I thought uh, Harrison Ford did a way better job than her. I like that they weren't lovey-dovey or shacked up in a happy house somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that, too. But I think they should have yeah. pushed it a little bit more on the emotional right. tip. And I, I thought I thought at the end where, you know, uh, I thought Chewie should have freaked out a little more. And fucking yeah. ballistic and some stormtroopers and just try to jump on that little fucking thing and just try to blow it up. You know, do all kinds of crazy you know, shit. Fucking, another you know. thing, too, that, that I thought about is presumably, uh, I almost said Chucky, Chewbacca um, <laughs> had, had some, I mean, if not a strong relationship or whatever, some relationship with his best friend's son, right? So right. he must have known him as a child. So right. I don't know. Oh. That, that might be a, that might be a little bit of that holding back too. Like he's got love for this kid also. Um, I mean, he is. No, he does shoot that. him. He is the one that right. shoots him, right? But yeah, I, I, he, again, he doesn't like shoot him a million times. He just kind of like plugs him once in the gut and. I guess that's all I could take. I don't know. Well, that, but you know, you know, to, to strengthen what you're saying, they should have showed maybe a shot of uh, uh, fucking Ren there looking at him and getting that kind of recognition. Because obviously, like you said, he knows Chewie. I'm sure. You know what I mean? Uncle Chewie. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Chewie should have had a little bit of a little bit of gray in him. Yeah. Yeah. His hair. His hair definitely looked too like conditioned. And nice and clean, because like his his hair was looking pretty fucked up by you know Empire, I guess. So, but so you guys, like, you guys just don't know enough about Wookiees. Forty years Wookies. later, you just don't know enough. You don't know enough about Wookiees because Wookiees live to be a thousand years old. So Chewie's only about one fourth of his age. So he had like baby hair when he was in Jedi. You know, he's, he's <laughs> baby hair. <laughs> I love I love Chewie's look on Hoth, where he had yeah. the revenant look, where it was like <laughs> matted, matted a little bit and kind of frozen. I thought that was cool. <laughs> and what the fuck is up with these planets, too? You know what I'm saying? This is just me nitpicking at the Star Wars universe. Hmm. Every planet's like just like one environment. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? Yeah. It's a snow planet. It's It's a desert planet. This planet's just all swamp, okay? Swamp nothing else doing here. It's all swamp. This one's all forest. It's a forest moon. It's all forest. It's all trees. Ain't nothing else going on here. You know what I mean? There's nothing else going on on these planets except for that, whatever the principal shit they show you. The whole planet's like that. Again, I guess it makes it it makes it easier to shop for clothes. You don't have to think, <laughs> oh, 
I don't need a that expensive a coat. I'm only going to wear it for two months. <laughs> like, no, nope, I'm just like, I'm going to be wearing this all the time, so that's easy. <laughs> It's like, uh, like, it's like, are you gonna, are you gonna bring a jacket? What, to Jakku? Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like well, what they well, did in. Inter- I like what they did in Interstellar with the water planet that you could walk on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I wonder. Interstellar is like they're just tapped out idea wise on what what kind of planets to do. Um. Well, no, back to Interstellar real quick. Okay, maybe you guys can help me out with this. Maybe I missed something or something like that, but it's like, all right, they know this planet, when they go on it, every second's going to be 20 years or some bullshit, right? Right. Okay, let's look at this planet from afar and stay the fuck away from it, okay? There's nothing there. <laughs> Forget it. Let's just go to the whatever fucked up weird other planets. Like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> No. Well, they had to. The was, there was a reason. There was a reason for that, Lee, because they were trying what? to figure out if these planets were inhabitable or not. Well, I don't. Yeah. It, can you not tell by looking at the fucking thing that it's all just some dumb fucking ocean fucking world and be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh-uh. let's try this other fucking upside down ice world that Matt Damon happened. Nah. All those planets suck dick. Every one of those planets suck dick. It's like, all right, wow, this failed. This mission failed, okay? You know, they're like, oh, let's risk it. Let's go down and check out the fucking tidal wave that's fucking, that's like a thousand miles high or some shit. Like, no. <laughs> this just went willy-nilly with everything, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, we can either hang out here for a day or two, check this fucker out, or go down there and spend 20 years in uh, real time. You know what I mean? It's like, no. I don't know. What problem I have with that Interstellar? It's too bad. It's too bad. Uh, Interstellar wasn't directed by Lee Duick. They make it there. They'd be like, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, basically yeah. the whole movie. The whole movie would be them pulling to a planet in the spaceship, looking at it on a monitor, and <laughs> nah. going, nah. Yeah. going on to the next. Nah. Hey, wait! And how about, did they go out here in the first place? We should. But yeah, about halfway first. through, they would just wonder why they, they even decided to go on this mission. Why are we even yeah, looking exactly. for a new planet? It's all yeah, let's, let's go home. Yeah, let's figure out Earth. How's that? <laughs> Logistically, also, it's like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, no. How are you going to deal with any of these weird, fucked-up plants that you have no idea what they are? None of them are going to be ideal. You always, you know that going in. You're going to try to survive on that shit as opposed to fixing your own fucking shithole you're at. You know what I mean? My shithole. Yeah, yeah. That that interstellar, that Earth, that Earth Earth wouldn't have any of that shit. Mm -mm. They did a clever thing with the intro of that where they had like the Dust Bowl interviews and applied them to that world. Right, right, right. That was well done. Yeah, no, they did a good job with it. It was all right. Problems with that movie. That movie's no sunshine, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. But I didn't like The Martian all that much either. I know a lot of people love that fucking movie. I thought it was all right. What was your What was your beef with that? I don't know. This is, it starts off really cool and fun and all that shit like that. Hey, Mark. Then it, it happens wanna, too quick. Go ahead. You You want to know my problem with The Martian? <laughs> What's yeah, that? I do. Uh, Matt Damon's character is a Mary Sue. 
Knows how to do everything, doesn't he? Science <laughs> <laughs> the shit out. Mary's doing the shit out of everything. Yeah, I. Hey, he finds the shit out of that place. It seriously <laughs> was a problem for me. After a while, it's just like, okay, well, if you, it, it seems like you know how to do everything, so I'm not worried about you. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that I think that the the, the impetus of that, the, the character itself is, I mean, he's a scientist. I mean, he wouldn't be up there if he wasn't. So, right. so the fact that he's a scientist, it's like he's looking at all of this stuff as a scientist. And, and you know, I mean, I'm sure there's other things, you know, that uh, he maybe wouldn't know how to do. But, you know, if he was truly a scientist, which he was supposed to be, then you know, there's no reason why he wouldn't know how to do all that stuff. I just, I for know. the sake of story, I just like to see a little bit of panic. Um, yes. You know, with uh, with DiCaprio in The Revenant, you know, those, even though he's like a, an experienced uh, tracker and knows the best way out of the, out of the forest and everything, it's still, the, the circumstances were still very dire. He sold it very well. And, and I don't know right. if it's the story or the character. Yeah. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I, I, I get where you're coming from. It, it didn't really bother me so much in The Martian, I think, because of the fact of, of who he was. You know, mm-hmm. I, I guess I was a little more okay with it. But I, I could see uh, I see what you're getting at, you know. Yeah. Well, well I, I, I'm just talking about the psychological psychosis of the guy, let's say. Because mm-hmm. they make a, they, there's a point in the movie where they make a huge leap forward. Where it's like, okay. Right. We got fucking 476 days. It's like fucking Star Blazers all over again or some shit, right? And it's like, okay, 444 days later. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what? Okay. Yeah. It's like he's just like skinnier and more fucking revenant looking, you know what I mean? And that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's like, the, it's trying to be the revenant in space and it can't. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, come on now. I wasn't as impressed with that as I think. It, it, it's a good, fun movie, and it's based on a true story, as we know, as we just yeah. said earlier. Fucking moron. That's awesome. The thing is, that guy is probably, between the time I saw that movie and today, he has probably impregnated that poor woman. <laughs> and <laughs> we're all fucked now. <laughs> yes, we are all fucked. Their dumb, their dumbass kid is gonna be like our proctologist someday. We're screwed. <laughs> Bucking up assholes left and right. <laughs> uh, it, it's a nice feel-good movie, but the, the the thing also too is, um, I guess you know when they come rescue him and all that stuff. There was no stakes anymore. It's like I, it's like you always know he's going to get and make it home fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. At that point, and it's just like you just seeing how he does it kind of deal. But the the the, the danger the, the the danger element of if he's going to survive or not is kind of lost, I guess. You know, at least it was to me. Yeah. Sure. But that's okay. You know, it's a nice solid movie. Fun. I think it was about probably about thirty minutes too solid. I would, Probably, I yeah. wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind watching it again. Um, yeah, are we done no, with I'll watch, Star I'll Wars? Watch it again for sure. 
Hey, did you watch Sicario last night, uh, Andy? I did not. I finished up making a murderer. Oh, hey, dude. Hey, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Oh. yeah. How'd you feel about that? Um, I'm glad no one has accused me of murder. Oh, right. <laughs> of anything. Um, because I think <laughs> here's I the know. thing: if you have enough <laughs> cops after you, mm-hmm. they can very easily plant a murder. They can plant whatever they want on you. For sure. Yeah. 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 You're de- yeah, you're, you're no fight in City Hall. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's so much, there's so many odds stacked against you if you get into it with the law. So that's that's maybe the most terrifying and frustrating thing about that sure. show. And it doesn't help that you're not the smartest fucking, uh, you know, two by four in the fucking, you know, picket fence there. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. That doesn't help either. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm only on episode two, and Chris was the first one I knew who watched that whole thing. I'm like, yeah, what are you talking? Are you watching? And I told him I was watching it tonight, and you're like, "What'd you say? Are you getting pissed off?" I'm like, "Yo, yeah, you get pissed, yeah, yeah, I get upset." And it's like eight hours of getting pissed off. It's like, Jesus Christ, I'm looking forward to that, but fuck. <laughs> it made me think of The Wire, the season five. You know where McNulty. Um, stages kind of oh, right. serial killer stuff. There's like behind the scenes shit that cops do that we don't know about that. Oh, sure. It's kind of in the interest of their, of the greater good, but ultimately is dishonest. They, you know, and sure. I think they lose sight of that. Like they, they, people may start off with that intention of like, I have to go outside the bounds of the system. Otherwise this will be, you know, Hopeless, right. but they'd lose sight of that, I think, in a lot of cases. And yeah. get like, and this guy's a perfect example of that. It, once he pissed them off after the first go round, was like, right. you know, yeah, they still wanted their justice, whatever form you know it took. Oh, for sure, because they're like, who cares yeah. about this fucking nobody? It doesn't matter if he did it or not, whatever. Right you now, he's a piece of shit anyway. And like and again, of- like. Even if this second this murder he's accused of, even if he did it, you right. just can't you just can't operate that way. Like you can't make if you don't have a case, you can't fucking make a case out of nothing. Right. Well, like I, I was telling you before, I'll oh, go ahead, Andy. No, because if you've only seen episode two, then it's spoilery type of stuff. No, I, I just want to say that you know it, I, I think this shock, seeing this stuff shocks a lot of people because they we as a society try to hold these people to a higher standard than ourselves, you know, because they take on this occupation to uphold the laws of the land and justice and all that. And they're mm-hmm. just as fucking corrupt as any fucking else. You know what I mean? Right. They, we, we would just like to believe that they, you know, they're, that they're all these, oh, those are so decent. They're going to do everything the right fucking way. And it's like, no fucking way. You know what yeah. I mean? So we get appalled when they it doesn't go exactly what our ideal of how it should be goes, you know, and it's never that way at all. It seems, yeah, out there. And so you begin to question the authority figures around you, and that's not a good thing. Obviously, you know, if you get pulled over by a cop, you don't want to think, oh, this cop's a fucking corrupt asshole or anything like that. You're like, oh, this guy's doing his job, whatever, and he's a good guy or what, what have you. You know what I mean? Right. 
that kind of deal. But they just fucking just, you know, majority of them, not majority of them, whatever. A lot of them are bunch of fucking jerk offs, man. And that's that's a hundred percent for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why you're safer with somebody like Paul Kersey from Death Wish than you are with like the the system. Like, hey, he's probably not going to shoot you in the back if you didn't just rip a radio out of somebody's car, right? You so you're <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> you're all right. <laughs> but you, yeah, you got to see Sicario, Andy. Oh God, it's good. Yeah, I have it. It's so. After seeing Revenant, Hateful Eight, Star Wars, like Sicario's still on top. Sicario's on top for me. Okay. Chris? Mm. Well, I didn't finish. I only saw half of the Revenant. Uh, okay. But Sicario, yeah, really good. Um, it's way, it, yeah, it was one of the better things I saw last year. I'm trying to remember what else really stood out, but Sicario definitely did. Yeah, what else stood out? Ex Machina, that was this year, right? I like yeah, Ex Machina. Very good. Yeah, Mad Mix. Mad Mix. Mad Max is good. Did you what did you guys think of Hateful Eight? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I don't like the use of the word Johnson. <laughs> I'm like, that just reeks of come on, you know. Just say Pecker Dingus. or something. Do you think, do you think, Johnson, do you think Johnson's yeah. better than Dingus? <laughs> well, Dingus too. You know, it's like they, I don't. I don't know yeah, that anybody. I don't know that Dingus, anybody. Is, I don't know that anybody in the old west is going around dropping Dingus. <laughs> yeah, Dingus <laughs> or Johnson. Yeah. Just say cock and you're good. You know, that's him just being cute. You know, I love Tarantino and I love all his films, but I always mm-hmm. have a lot of weird nitpicky things about his stuff too. I don't like Go his, ahead. Cutesy, his cutesy chicks. You know, right. like she's got he's got to have Zoe fucking, uh, uh, what's her face there? Bell. But, Zoe, oh, Bell. Yeah. Zoe Bell just hopping around like, talking about Auckland and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like, Get you some coffee. Yeah, she always has his, you know, he always has these pixie dream girls running around, bopping around, saying, like in Death Proof, we were just watching Death Proof the other day. And you know, that's annoying for a lot of reasons, but I still love it, you know, because it's got a lot of good shit in there. That's the thing with Tarantino. He, his, his fucking really corny shit, his good shit really outweighs. He, he, I can forgive his really corny shit, you know. There's not going to be right. any girl dropping a Zatu. I've never met a girl in my fucking life, nor will I ever, outside of movies, that will drop a Zatuichi bomb on me, okay? Right. Girls don't watch Zatu fucking Ichi. Girls don't fucking watch Vanishing fucking Point. They don't know what the fucking crazy Mary fucking dirty fucking Larry fucking whatever the fuck. They don't watch that shit, okay? There's not a single fucking girl on the planet that watches that shit. If they did, they forgot all about it. They don't care, okay? I don't give a fuck who you are, what you are. And if they did like it, you'd probably be corny and pretentious and a Mary Sue to be to end with. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. uh, nice reference uh, coming back here, coming back around there, Lee. Mm-hmm. Like but he'll do that, you know what I mean? Like, these chicks are awesome. They fucking watch the shit we watch, you know, you know what I mean? Like, uh, kind of deal, you know? But this is, just, I, 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 just, yeah. just of just, I don't know. I just hate that Jungle Julia character so fucking much, you know? It's pretty bad. I guess it pays off because they get fucking demolished in a fucking awesome way, you know what I mean? Which is exciting, of course. Is someone uh, on their manual typewriter? 
What's that? Yeah, who whoever was on their manual typewriter, just take a break. <laughs> Who's writing the letter to the editor here? <laughs> Dear Mr. Tarantino. <laughs> so, well, in uh, in uh, Hateful Eight, uh, no, well, there's tons of great shit in there for sure. You know what I mean? Uh, I didn't think it was overly long. I thought I thought it was fine. But, the length, you know what I mean? He takes you on a nice little, nice little journey, which I, which you saw, I, which I really enjoyed. You saw like a screener version, yes? Yes, 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 yes. Wait, I, saw the, I saw the 70 millimeter presentation <laughs> of it. Yeah. The, the, the screener version is six minutes shorter, is that right? Oh, yeah, okay. well, it's it's like uh, technically more than that, but six minutes of movie shorter. I mean, right. you know, it's missing the overture, missing the intermission, but as far as actual like movie footage, it's six minutes shorter. It's the stuff. It's the stuff with the chicken that you pointed out, and then it probably just transitions right to the chap the chapter cards. Is that right? Well, no. There's uh, there's a little bit between John Ruth and Warren in the stagecoach where John Ruth is talking about a horse that he had died. Mm. Uh, it, I mean, it's all inconsequential stuff. It's all stuff that did not really... The, the closest that anything comes to actually re- being referenced in the movie afterwards is the chicken. There, there's right. a scene when John Ruth goes up to Bob and says, what the hell is this, and holds up a half-plucked chicken. And Bob says, well, I was plucking the chicken when your stagecoach arrived. And John Ruth says, a half-plucked chicken is bad luck. Finish plucking it. And that does sort of relate to later in the film because you do see Bob finishing plucking the chicken and you see him oh. you know, getting up to do something else. So so without that scene, uh, when you see Bob later in the film, you know, finishing plucking the chicken and getting up and knocking off the feathers, it, it does seem kind of like, well, what, why is he doing that? You know, like you wouldn't have known that there was a direct reference to that earlier in the film. But, um, and then there's a scene, it's, it's all little stuff that's already kind of in there in other formats. Like there's a scene when John Ruth first arrives at the Haberdashery where he says to Tim Ross character, like, you know, what about that cowboy seller? You know, what's, what's his story? What's his name? And Tim Ross just basically is like, I don't know. And he's like, never heard his name. And he said, he never said his name. And then they just kind of go back and forth, you know, about that. So, uh, and that only lasts like 20 seconds. And and then there's a scene where Mannix is sitting there talking to General Smithers. And um, uh, it's, you know, that scene when, when he's saying, do you, do you know that N-word, sir? And then, you know, it kind of goes back and forth and it cuts to Sam Jackson. There's more to that. Like, there's basically a scene where Mannix is telling Smithers, like, you know, well, let me explain to you who that guy is. And he tells him about the bounty that he had on his head and all that. So it's you all know, kind I was of listening to the, I was listening to the soundtrack today, and the mm-hmm. soundtrack has some stuff that isn't in either version of the movie. Like what? Whoa. It has uh, Walton Goggins, like, trying to get the general to eat something. Oh, okay. And, and I don't think any of that made it into the movie because, like, um, the only time they acknowledge uh, the general uh, during dinner time is when Sam Jackson goes over with a bowl of stew. Right. Uh, but on the soundtrack, there, there's a big argument about oh, uh, Man- Manix, Manix trying to get the general to eat. 
Which I guess would have related to because he, you know, he's not supposed to get up; he's supposed to stay where he is. So exactly, yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah that's kind of interesting. I, I, I love. Well, I will like tell Jennifer you, Jason Lee did excellent. The what? She did a great job, Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, so good. Yeah, she did an excellent job. Just with her facial expressions and her mannerisms and all that stuff, I thought she did exceptional, for sure. Yeah. I will tell you. I will tell you my point of view, Lee, because I think I'm probably the only person here that didn't really like have a glowing review of it. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I've actually watched it multiple times. And I, I told Andy mm-hmm. that I think I, I find it very watchable as a film. Like I think it's an enjoyable, you know, watch. But I think that it's Tarantino's weakest movie. I think that in terms of dialogue, it's particularly weak because there's really not a lot of quotable dialogue or if there is it's it's just you know goofy little moments and but like, oh, you, you know there's you, no no there's tons of quotable dialogue you just say got to be willing to say the n-word every once in a while you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well you know well, that's a, that's something else that i think is interesting i was talking to andy about this last night about how uh this film has been getting a lot of uh backlash a lot of people are I saying imagine. like you know about about the fact that he uses the n-word in it and the N-word is nowhere near used as much as it was in Django Unchained. Like, Django Unchained actually holds the record for the most times the N-word has been used in a movie, in, in, in one single film. But the difference is that if you... Because I just recently went back and rewatched Django Unchained, too. Now, almost every single time the N-word is used in Django Unchained, it's, it's done kind of almost for laughs. Like, it's done to be kind of, like, silly or over-the-top. Whereas yeah. almost every single time it's used in Hateful Eight, it's it's done in a very like direct and hateful way, like yeah. you know, like like especially that moment when, uh, like I actually kind of cringed a little bit the first time when when uh, Bruce Stern's like you know I don't know that N word but I know he's an N word, you know I'm just kind of <laughs> like wow like <laughs> okay we get it this guy's racist you know but uh, but like I think that's part of the problem is I think that it's the way that the word is being used in the film is sure, and that's what, sure. that's what's making everybody so hypersensitive to it. So, um, because yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's tons more uses, usages of it in Django Unchained than there is in uh, Hateful Eight. But, um, uh, no, I just, I just kind of felt like, you know, the whole film in a lot of ways kind of felt very, overly self-indulgent. I mean, not that every other Tarantino film isn't self-indulgent to some extent anyway, but uh, uh, it just never really wowed me. And um, I do feel like that first half is really slow. Um, You know, it takes kind of a while to pick up. And and then by the time it picks up after, you know, the intermission, which would be the moment with the coffee poisoning, by the time it reaches that point, that almost feels like a different film entirely because the tone of it really shifts and, you know, it doesn't even feel like the same movie, you know, had been sitting through for the previous two hours. If I had to rank it as far as Tarantino films goes, it would probably be pretty close to the bottom for me. But, but that said, I still think it's a very watchable film and, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like looking at a James Bond film and saying, well, that wasn't a very good James Bond film, but it's still a James Bond film, so it's watchable, you know? Sure. And, and that's kind of how I felt about Hateful Eight was, 
you know, I do think it's a very watchable movie and, and it's entertaining, but it doesn't really have the feeling of being like a classic to me. So, and I'm not really sure why everybody is saying things like Oscar buzz for Jennifer Jason Lee. I mean, I thought she was good, but I don't think that's an Oscar worthy performance by any means. You know, I, I, if anything, I thought Sam Jackson or, or maybe even Walton Goggins was the standout performances of the film. Well, yeah, well, I think Walton Goggins definitely was a standout performance in the film, for sure. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Really, uh, yeah, he really won you over, I think, you know what I mean? Which I thought was really clever on their part. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of Channing Tatum? Whenever he come, When he came on screen... I thought that was I thought that was stunt casting, and I thought that that sure. could have been anybody in that role. Yeah, it feels kind of like really kind of deal. It kind of takes you out of it. What do you think about the narration that Quentin does halfway through? Terrible. There? Uh, Terrible. Yeah, he did, he did not need to insert himself into it. <laughs> His right. voice. I mean, I, like, I, I, I almost want to like I almost want to find a way. I almost want to find a way to take that narration and like separate it from the film just to hear it for how bad it is. Cause it's so like, it's so jarring. And, and you know, the funny thing is that would have been a perfect place to use uh, like Michael Parks. Like you could have had somebody, somebody like Michael Parks do that narration yeah. and it would have fit yeah. so perfectly. And instead you've got this 15 minutes have passed since we last left our characters. And it's like, <laughs> what? what the hell is this? Like, It was so out of place and jarring. Yeah, I really hated it. At least he did use some terrible Australian accent. Yes. Oh, yeah, so bad. (laughs) I love the moment in in Glorious Bastards when Sam Jackson is the narrator explaining uh, one of the the backgrounds of one of the Nazi characters, or one of the bastards. Right, yeah. That's an effective use of narration. Thank God it was not... (laughs) <laughs> fucking uh, Tarantino that did it. Was he in Hateful Eight at all? He didn't insert himself in, or uh, not in Hateful Eight, in, uh, in Glorious Bastards? Uh, yeah, oh, I don't know if he's he? in there. Maybe not. I'm trying to think, because he loves inserting himself in fucking everything somehow. I don't, I don't think I don't think he's in Inglorious Bastards, at least not that I can remember. Well, I was just going to say, unless he plays like a voice or something that maybe was like real nondescript, but I, I don't think he's in it. Okay, thank God. Instead, it's, it's you had the horribly miscast Mike Myers in Inglourious Bastards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the horribly cast what? The Mike horribly Myers. miscast Mike Myers. Oh, cool, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, scene that scene I've only seen that movie once, but I remember that scene really took me out of the film. Like the second he showed up, I was like, "Well, now it's like I'm watching a Mel Brooks movie." You know, it <laughs> didn't feel didn't feel like a Quentin Tarantino film anymore. Oh, so a friend of uh, mine and Chris's was like, "I don't know what was up with Christoph Waltz and his weird British accent there." And we're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" He like oh, he thought, he, thought, he thought Tim Roth was Christoph Waltz. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what was with his ridiculous accent? Yeah, he's like, what's with that ridiculous accent uh, Christoph Waltz was doing? We're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> 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 uh, 
you said the movie was too verbose as well. So I was like, okay, settle down. I will say that my my I think all of my favorite lines in the movie with there there's a couple of Sam Jackson lines I enjoyed, but most of my favorite lines are all Walton Goggins lines. Like, sure. uh, and it's and it's all like little throwaway stuff. Like when he first gets on the stagecoach and. You know, basically, uh, John Ruth agrees to take the handcuffs off and tells uh, Sam Jackson, you know, if you protect my investment, I'll protect yours. And Walton Goggins like, well, I ain't love Grant. Y'all want to lay in the stones like snow angels together? <laughs> like, stuff like that. <laughs> I thought that was great. And um, uh, and then, of course, that, that really funny moment when they realize that Joe Gage poisoned the coffee and he's just like, I fucking knew it! <laughs> <laughs> It's you, you ugly motherfucker. I bet it's you. <laughs> <laughs> or, or we go with my theory, which is the <laughs> ugliest son of a bitch in the room did it. That makes it you, Joe Gage. <laughs> and then when Samuel Jackson is, you know, doing his fucking thing, you know what I mean? Calling everybody out and deducing everything. And then, you know, he's pointing, Walt Goggins is pointing the pistol. He's like, that's right. You know what I mean? He's, he's, yeah. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Show did. <laughs> you see, you're damn right. Yeah, he, was, he was one of the biggest surprises, I think. And even when he's like, oh, I'm supposed to freeze out here just because you got a notion or whatever the fuck he was saying. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Well, yeah, it's, funny it's, it's funny, too, because, like, you know, I, I just, like I said, I recently went back and rewatched Shooting on Chain, and, you know, he's in that briefly. Sure. Like, he plays that character Billy Crash, but. I noticed that, like, you know, he only has a couple of scenes of dialogue, but they're all really good, like, great moments. Like, they're all, uh, you know, like, moments where when he when he starts talking, he really owns the scene. Uh, sure. And, uh, uh, and I, I'm sure that Tarantino probably, you know, noticed that, like, in post and was like, man, this guy's really fucking great. I got to, you know, write something bigger for him. So uh, I was very happy that he, you know, gave him that shot in Hateful Eight. And it does seem like people are really reacting well, you know, to him. So that's good. Yeah, he did a, he did an excellent job. Yeah, he was... Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, though, man. I'll tell you what, that, that film is incredibly polarizing. Like, if you look at sure. some of the message boards and look at, like, like people... There are people that are hardcore Tarantino fans that hate that movie. Um, sure. And... Uh, <laughs> There's a, but there's people that, you know, love it, that think it's perfect. So, I mean, it's just a very polarizing film. And I'm kind of in the middle. You know, like, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that I hate it, but I certainly didn't love it. So Yeah, for me, it's, for me, it's perfect for the stage of his career that he's at now. Because it, sure. it, 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 it reminds me so much of his earlier movies, just with, all the tricks and knowledge that he's built over the years. Because it's very similar to Reservoir Dogs, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Reservoir Dogs makes the thing. You know what I mean? That's right. basically what it is. And yeah. uh, I'll take that, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have a problem fucking, you know, absorbing that in there. Where do, you, take where do you put it? Where do you put it? Is it near the top, near the bottom, in the middle? Uh, somewhere in the middle, I'd say. Okay. You know what I mean? I wouldn't put it near the bottom. I don't know what I put near the bottom, actually. If I would to break it down, I'd have to say but, death, Pro- death Proof is near I, the bottom for yeah, me. I guess I, I, never, I don't think I gave Death Proof enough of a chance. I 
I just saw it the one time, and I don't remember liking it very much. But right. I should rewatch that. Yeah, I love. This. I I think one thing he needs to do, and this is not really in regards to his actual filmmaking, but he needs to stop n- calling out what number of film he's on at the beginning. <laughs> the eighth <laughs> film from it. And so, okay, we can count. You don't need to let us know what number this. Is. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I is that, yeah, oh, you haven't heard the title of his next film? It's called Nine N Words. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. No, I concur with that wholeheartedly. It's like, all right, okay, we get it. Yes, yes. You only do it. You make them. Yeah, you're you're making them movies all in a row. We got (laughs) you. I don't know whether that's it a very annoying move or it's pretty genius because no one no one does that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, he's the only one that does that, so it's maybe pretty clever on his part to kind of do that. <laughs> I think in a lot of in a lot of interviews, too, he's he's said, like, I want to make ten movies. So, sure, like, sure. in a way, this is, like, volume eight. Only two left now, or, you know. Right. I'm reminding you fuckers that, hey, right. this, this is it. And like I said, he's the only director that's ever done that. You know what I mean? I can't think of anybody else who... Who uh, 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 you know publicizes themselves in the credit sequence by saying that, and in every kind of uh, publicity, uh, uh, you know, publicity fucking. Uh, well, he's, he's one of those. He's one of those few directors that really has become a brand. You know, like like when they promote when they promote his films, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. You know, like that's that's the number one thing they promote is the fact that you know right. uh, the newest film from Quentin Tarantino. So he has become a brand more than you know just a guy working on a film. Like I don't know if you could get away with that with any other director. Like if you, I mean, maybe a Steven Spielberg. Like that's probably the closest you could really get to using his director's name as a brand. Right. Yeah. At some point, some directors there the numbers would be way too high to keep counting them <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know where Scorsese is now, but like the number really doesn't even matter for that guy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But I I enjoyed it. I don't know exactly. I haven't thought about it in that ranking way. You know what I mean? I mean, you talk about a guy who's only seen. I've only seen Jackie Brown once. Also, you know what I mean? Ooh, Jackie Brown it, is but my favorite. That's his best film, I think. I think so too. I, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's his only, it's his only real true film. Like, like it's the only film that I really feel like he was not, uh, he wasn't pandering, he wasn't copying, he was just making a true fucking movie. And it, it really, the more I see it, the more I love it, the more I find about it that I just think is really indelibly charming. It's, it's a beautiful movie, and uh, and I wish yeah. more people would see it that way. I was watching it on cable because it's been making the rounds on Cinemax lately. There's a lot of scenes. Uh, what Shannon? What Shannon Tweed movie are you talking about? <laughs> There's a lot of scenes in that mall. You know, they go to the mall and like they meet oh, sure. in the food court, and Robert Forrester like buys a tape like at a Sam Goody or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was so taken aback. Like I'm like I used to buy music at the mall. But, like, I haven't bought music at a mall in forever. And then you see um, Pam Greer's character 
smoking a cigarette in the food court. I'm like, I remember when you could smoke inside. Like, this movie is old. <laughs> this movie's like, fucking old. Like, you would go old. to the mall just to smoke. Like, people would ask you to go to the mall and be like, yeah, okay, you can smoke there. Cool, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, there's always a ring of 14-year-olds around a water fountain smoking cigarettes. Right, just ashing in the fountain, right? Like it weren't no thing. Hey, fuck you, pops. <laughs> I'm fucking smoking by this fountain. <laughs> God, that was crazy. Yeah, God, it, that seems like such a foreign idea now. Like, like unfathomable. You know what I mean? Well, right. when was that? When was that? Was that '99? It was not long after I got to Dallas, so I want to say it's I, like '90. Eight maybe ninety eight. I think it was ninety eight. Yeah, maybe so. maybe ninety eight. Yeah, because yeah, Pulp Fiction was ninety four, and Jackie Brown I wanted to say was like three or four years later. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because it wasn't that long ago, but you know, back then malls were still very much a thing. Whereas nowadays, it's like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but in Dallas, we we basically have like two working malls and they're both more like upscale malls. Like the, yeah. the kind of mall you saw in that film really doesn't exist around here anymore. Yeah. Huh. There's no B Dalton's or Walden hanging out there. No Spencer's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said something about getting something at Spencer's the other day. I think to you, Lee, and yeah, you no, laughed at, you laughed at me like there's no Spencer's anymore. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. <laughs> Is there? I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know where I'm going to get my posters of, like, my Pantera posters or whatever from here on out. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going to get my fucking uh, John Belushi college shirt poster. Where am I going to get my study, my, my study hard poster? Yeah, or my, uh, I don't, my Mr. White poster or my horizontal Reservoir Dogs poster. You know what is really... Uh, what what I love seeing in movies from from an era not that long ago are phone booths. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, love oh, to yeah. see a phone booth. Like oh, I remember. And I love hey. now you see the empty shell of the phone booth, no phone in it. But for some reason, the little metal housing is just still sitting there on the side of the road. I always like that transitional period where they used to put uh, you know the whole phone uh, 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 book. They had that huge phone book thing tethered in that plastic thing attached to a chain, <laughs> right? When you could possibly see it, every phone booth you looked at was did that someone took that phone booth or that phone that phone book? You know what I mean? Someone's just like, I'm taking this phone book, all right? <laughs> I am. I, this phone book is mine, you know. And I always just thought that was hilarious when you saw that empty shelf, that tethered thing, the holder, that the trapper keeper looking thing with the chain on it that used to house a phone book, but no more. No I more. think something that that reminds me of something I think only happened in movies and television. I'm sure it didn't happen as rampantly as it did in those, you know, on the screen, but people looking up a phone number in the phone book, and ripping the whole page out of the phone book. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, uh, I always, I always that's thought a Back to the a, Future thing. Yeah, yeah, I always thought that was, Marty uh, McFly does that. I always, I, I've, seen that, I've seen that in a couple other movies, too, but I always thought that was such a dick move. Because it's like, it what, if somebody else, what if somebody else has to look up that exact same page, and well, all I'm of a sudden it's yeah. like, hey, where the fuck is this page? I guess I'll never find my grandfather's nursing home. 
it would have been funny. Oh. It would have been a great. It would have been a great gag if in Back to the Future, like they somehow wrote it into the sequel where he has to go back because he forgets Doc's address <laughs> and realizes, oh shit, I ripped that page out of the. You know who did it? You know who did it respectfully <laughs> is the Terminator. The Terminator looked it up, memorized it, moved on. <laughs> I'm going to fuck a lot of shit up over the next two hours, but not the public phone books no. of America. <laughs> i got to have to have some respect. Give me your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Do you want the phone book, too? No, that's okay. <laughs> Please, leave it for the next person. Only what you see, pal. <laughs> Can you imagine someone watching that today? Some kid who's never seen that movie and be like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. He's trying to track the person down, like, going to this little weird booth that has this, like, book with numbers. <laughs> like, what's going on here? The thing that always the thing that always gets me is when I see movies, uh, sometimes movies that, you know, don't really feel that old. But, like, sure. you, see someone, you see someone using a rotary phone. Oh, sure, and, sure, and sure. you know, it's like, and I'm sure, like, people today, you know, like, kids that were born, you know, 20 years ago, would look at that and be like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, whatever that is. <laughs> Boy, that seems like that would take forever. <laughs> yeah, I hope that number doesn't have a lot of zeros in it. Oh, oh, the best is when you fuck up using that. Your finger goes in the wrong hole. You're like, God <laughs> damn it! Here we are. <laughs> Got to start all over with this shit. Oh, I fucking hated that shit, man. Oh, God. Like, you had to, like, if you're going for that nine, you had to wait for that fucker to go, okay, here we are. Yet again. What was it called? Pulse? Or what was the other thing? You remember you had that? You didn't get the little phone that had the option. Pulse or what? Oh, uh, yeah, it was. I think uh, it was tone. Tone or pulse. Tone tone or or pulse. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course I'm going to do that easy, quick one that you just press the button. I don't want to hear that. Sir, 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 sir. Like, fuck you. Oh, I, think there was a, I think there was a reason for that, because I think it had something to do with, like, the way phone lines were set up in certain sure. cities. Like, right, if, you, right, you, right. if you used Pulse, it was more reliable or something. I don't remember exactly what the reasoning was. I just know there was a reason. But it was, like, a really short-lived reason, you know. Yeah, everybody, everybody, all of us, we always had that fucking parent or either at our homes or at our uncles or whatever. They had that extended phone cord that was like 50 feet long and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you would fucking be fucking, <laughs> you'd type, you know, you'd be clotheslining motherfuckers with that bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Remember when the cordless phone came out? You remember how freaked out you were? Like, holy shit. What the fuck is going on here? You telling me I can use this thing without a cord? That just blew my mind. I was just like, no, no, this is not right. You know what I mean? You, you know, you, you fucking, you, you turn it on, you, you, you're doing the fucking thing, and your microwave blows up or something because it's on the same frequency. Some weird shit happened because the murder's like, well, don't fucking do this because uh, fucking rotors are interfere with the blah, blah, blah. Plane crashes behind you or something like that. Oh, shit, I used Fucking cord the phone. And those batteries suck dick. You remember it was like fucking half hour? <laughs> batteries. Like, oh, fuck. I do love the Word. extending antenna though. That extending I, antenna, yeah. Oh, oh that, that I would love that again. 
yo, that would always, that metal fucking antenna that, you know, you fuck around with enough, it would bend, and it would be fucking a bitch to push back in. You're like, oh, god damn it, you're trying to push it in and shit like that, and all that shit. Oh, that was like a fucking worse. That extended. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, by the way, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to the chat room, but Durden says that they have a Spencer's still in Ohio. Oh so. my God! The last Spencer's. The last. It's, it's the, the last, last Spencer's, Spencer. and the actual Spencer is the only employee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Spencer. Yeah, it's Spencer. I'm Spencer. Please try those shot glasses. Try this lava lamp like here. Firm. Would you like? Would lava you like lamp a poster? Been for thirty odd years. Would you like a poster that says "Stay Hard" with a woman showing a ham? <laughs> we got a big case of. Got a fresh case of fart spray. <laughs> we got magnetic earrings. You can pretend like your ears here. And if you're so Clear. inclined, I might be able to take out a whoopee cushion for you. <laughs> Clearance rack full loaded. of big Johnson shirts. We got a fucking <laughs> We got a fuckload of shit from fucking Halloween that we can't fucking sell for the next six months. God damn. You remember you remember malls too? Sidewalk sale. They would have that sidewalk sale. Remember that shit? <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, that was fun, dude. It was like your ver- it was like a mall's version of a yard sale, right? And it was tables <laughs> outside of the thing. You're like, oh shoot, sidewalk sale. I get so excited for those things. Oh yeah. Love oh yeah, mall. you go to Suncoast Video, maybe get some discount figures. <laughs> oh dude, dude, Suncoast Video would blow out their laser. Like that's when I would go the sidewalk sale because like they would uh, put their laser discs at half price which would be like $22 <laughs> yeah they, they'd never their sales were the shittiest sales on the fucking planet right this shit was so fucking expensive yeah you just the only time you looked for anything was on clearance you know what I mean that's the right. only time you were getting a deal like anyway go ahead anyway deal in quotation marks I like <laughs> You know what I hated about fucking Suncoast? That I hated about any fucking store like it? Flipping through shit. I hate flipping through shit. There was like that flipping through shit fucking method of doing shit. I fucking hated that for fucking ever, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, that's the worst. I don't like that flippy shit. Spine what? out, baby. Really? Nothing's like that. <laughs> like shopping for records? No, 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 no. But uh, like in some, but torn through Blu-rays and DVDs, I like to scan. You know what I mean? Can't scan. I got flipped through shit alphabetically and all that shit. I don't like that. I don't even like it with records either. You know what I mean? I understand that's how you have to do it with records, but well, at least records. I, I don't know. They, well, you want them all laid to. out on like a lazy, a giant lazy Susan. You can just spin it around. Yeah, just rotate around. I don't know. That shit. I don't know any place except a bookstore that's a spine out place. No, but but Suncoast eventually caught on and they had their shit spine out. They spined out oh. their shit once they started getting hmm. big inventory of shit. Okay. Oh yes. Yeah, I, can't I don't remember. Much. I don't like that. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Fucking boxes are always fucking expensive as fuck. <laughs> fucking Suncoast. Fuck you, Suncoast. Man, you're a whiny little bitch, Lee. <laughs> and you really don't like Suncoast. Hey, but my first DVD purchase was at Suncoast, okay? The first DVD I ever bought was GoldenEye. Nice. And if you bought it at Suncoast, you probably paid three times as much. I paid so much money for that. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't pay anything for it because I had a gift card or something like that. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm getting a DVD with this fucking thing. I spent $300 on this DVD player. I don't know how the fuck I afforded that back in the day. I must have been saving up that fucking uh, milk money. Some shit. I don't know. I just I had one. Ah, uh, milk money with Ed Harris and Melanie Griffith. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> she is so fucking hot in that movie. Oh, shit, right? Melanie Griffith looks insanely hot in Milk Money. Check it out, guys. Where's the criterion in that? Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, Andy, did you pick up that Lady Snowblood? No, uh, Alamo's showing it this month because Kill Bill is... uh, It's part of their Tarantino month, but um, I've never seen Lady Snowblood. Oh, wow. I think it's a good one. I always saw the first one. Yeah, I never saw the second one. I, saw I wanted one. to get that. I want to get that Criterion. Uh, oh, just wait for it to drop in place. Wait for that fucking biannual, by mom, by sci-fi con, fucking Barnes and Noble. Fucking those shit. things are getting. Those are getting unpredictable. I don't know. They, it used to be pretty consistently like July or right around there they would do it. And I've been in there a few times. It's like February and oh yeah, it's fifty percent off today or whatever. I don't know when they're gonna. Barnes and Noble is doing those. I don't think they have any plans. It's so weird, and whenever you talk to those people, like, oh, we're extending it another week, too. I wonder I wonder how much longer Barnes & Noble will be around. Good question. Ooh. I guess as long as they keep putting Starbucks in them, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> all the floor, all the foot by Starbucks. <laughs> I don't I shop there a lot. I, I go there a lot, but... I used to go there more frequently when they sent out good fucking coupons and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But they don't do that as much anymore. They used to do it with a lot more frequency back in the day, and I wouldn't mind going there because you can find some good shit. <laughs> did you, did you, did you, do, you, do you have a, a Barnes & Noble that has uh, records? That's vinyl? Dental? Um, yeah. B- both of the Barnes & Noble near, near me have those. Yeah, we ours ours is like a the the big one here is like a kind of a well the second biggest one kind of a test store for that shit and all that. They have tons Mm -hmm. of, but it's all fucking alphabetical. It's not by genre at all, which I find very fucking annoying. Very annoying, but they have a whole fuckload of it. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. If you're calling about the missing, <laughs> <laughs> the missing feet, because to my cousin Joe, my nephew Jody, my nephew Jody. <laughs> <laughs> it's really been surprised. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I wish they would just. I don't know. They're annoying. I'll still go and I'll still buy shit. I buy shit there all the time. I don't know. Well, uh, hey, books are on the upswing, dude. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surpri- shockingly enough, books are on the upswing. I think a lot of that has to do with those fucking adult coloring books, which I fucking find ridiculous, but hey, yeah, whatever. That's being credited for uh, helping that's the... Like a huge, that's a huge fucking deal. <laughs> it's like, huh? And it's not a new idea either. That's the thing that's weird to me is everybody's talking about, like, wow, somebody thought of adult coloring books. I remember when I was a kid, my mom always had some fancy coloring book that I couldn't touch that was, you know, little intricate drawings and not for children. I mean, it's not a new idea, but... <laughs> like the good sex coloring book or something like that? A sex, yeah, a sex, 
It was a sex comic book. You know, my mother. Way, you know, Lee, in a way, you never grew out of that. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, finally, people understand how therapeutic this is. It's misery for me, but therapeutic for these fucking assholes. Good job. Both of my parents. Both of my parents worked at the university, so I had access to a copy machine. Oh, and yeah. I would take the the Empire Strikes Back sketchbook, which was black and white. Oh, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. I would just run off, like, a tw- 20, 20 or 30 copies of, like, the McQuarrie Adat sketch. Oh, yeah. And just color those, and just <laughs> I would have an endless supply of those. <laughs> or you, you could be like me, and I didn't have access to a copier when I was a kid, and I just fucking colored that thing up. <laughs> I did. I was like, oh, shit. That was the shit, though. That thing was fucking awesome. I love that fucking thing, man. Yep. That thing fucking blew my fucking mind, that fucking thing. Oh, yeah. That thing was awesome, dude. All that Joe Johnson shit. Yeah, I I think about it now, like the, the sketches of Boba Fett in that Empire Strikes, book, uh, Strikes Back sketchbook had yeah. his, like, you know, the the plates that go over his tits, the uh, <laughs> those armor plates that go over his tits. In the drawing, they, they open like trap doors, and right. he's shooting rockets out of them. I'm like, that is the fucking bomb, man. <laughs> like those Mortal Kombat robots. Yeah. Jesus so what you're saying, Andy, what you're saying is that the Simbots copied Boba Fett. Oh yeah. Yep. I think I think Joe Johnson or Ralph McQuarrie is owed some money. <laughs> <laughs> what what the fuck is Joe Johnson up to? Is he alive? I just saw something. I, yeah, I just saw something that he was working on, but I can't think now what it was. Uh, I want to say it's like a TV project, but I can't think of it. The sequel to Sky Captain? No. That he had nothing to do with that. No, I know, but he's a rocketeer, so he's probably like, oh, okay, yeah. let me right fucking pump this up. Let me hook this motherfucker up. The fucking last movie he fucking did. It was something normal. Captain right? America. Was it Captain America? Yeah, it was Captain yeah, America. Yeah, Captain America, yeah, the first yeah. Avenger. Ah. But I, I, I know I saw his name attached to something recently, and I can't remember now what it is. I want to say it was like a TV project, but let me look it up real quick. Mm, interesting. Interesting. I think, he, I think he got paid pretty well on Captain America. I think he got like a nice cut from that, but I don't remember. Oh, Oh, yeah, 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 for sure he did. Why not? So what, what has anybody else seen that's worth a damn? Anything good? Oh, I want to talk about Electric Boogaloo. The oh. Can, the, oh, yeah. The Canon Films documentary. I didn't watch the whole thing yet, though. Oh, it's so good. I know. There, there's so many of those early exploitation movies that look awesome to me, like, Oh, yeah. I haven't sure. seen them, but they look really good. Oh, you haven't seen The Apple, huh? You're not down? Yeah. I've never seen The Apple. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the Netflix queue. It's not on your Netflix queue? It's still on my Netflix queue, I think. Gosh, oh, I really? Is it on there? Yeah. I have to check it out. What do you remember, Chris? 
Oh, hi, Bart. Uh, friend Bart tried to get me to watch that. Just convince me. Oh, it's great. And I don't know if he was fucking with me or what, but I remember him <laughs> talking that talking that movie up so much, and I was like, okay, well, this weekend I'll sure I'll watch it. Oh, uh, I I uh, yeah, I wish you had not have had done that to me. <laughs> it's like that America Three Thousand. You ever watch that fucking thing? Holy yeah. shit! That's that's a piece of work. Oh my god. Those Golden Globes, motherfuckers! Jesus, oh! Did you did you see the other movie that the Golden Globes made? Did you watch that documentary, Andy? No, what's that called? The Go Go the Go Go Brothers or something? Oh like that? no, no! Yeah, you got to download that fucker. It's one they made about themselves to counteract <laughs> that one. You remember at the end of the movie it says that it's like oh, Golden Globes not to be outdone made their own documentary that came out before this one. <laughs> You call the Go Go Brothers, yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, they're fucking crazy fuckers, dude. Oh, they're awesome. I love the fact that they had competing Lombada movies. <laughs> <laughs> competing Lombada movies. So there was Lombada, the Forbidden Dance, and then there was Salsa, right? No, there. Uh, the other one was called. Oh shit! It had a great name. I can't remember it though. Lombada, people are starting to come around. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> One day. <laughs> you know, the, the uh, Lomb- Lombada, mildly taboo. <laughs> <laughs> beating dance. Lombada, Jesus Christ. I can't think of any end of year stuff that I I, I still need to see that I want to see, like B- Bridge of Spies. I miss. I never oh, it's awesome! That. Great. Yeah. It's, a, it's okay. I wouldn't say it's awesome. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. You didn't like it? It's okay. It's kind of I don't know. Like it's like Munich. I mean, you know, it's not bad. It's just not a well, film. Munich is fucking dope. Munich is dope. I want to watch again. When I think of Munich and I think of that. Terrible Paul Haggis movie Crash. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I am. I I think Munich is fucking the fucking tits. Oh yeah, compared to that fucking piece of shit, oh, I fucking hate that movie so fucking much. And I yeah, like me everything. too. <laughs> I like all kinds of dumb shit. Uh, uh, like I said, I'm a man that watches Quantico. Okay, you watch four four hours of Quantico in a row. Mm-hmm. I'm Country. Guy. Country and Western? Country and Western. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watch all Blindside, sure. Have you guys seen, um, have you guys seen um, Spotlight? No. No. That's great. That's probably one of the best of the year, easily. What about that uh, uh, big short? You see that? Yeah, it's okay. It's like the Wolf of Wall Street, but it's no, you know, there's no humor in it or anything. It's like kind of straightforward. You know what was funny? I saw that at Alamo, like middle of the day, like between Christmas and New Year's. I must have seen it with like a bunch of bankers because they were laughing at shit that I had no <laughs> idea. That deep banker humor. Yeah. <laughs> I was totally confused, but like. Um, Thank yeah, you, it's, it's hard. Life. It's hard to follow. They they try to dumb it down for you in the movie, and it's still hard to follow. Yeah. 
you got to know a little bit about it going in. Like, even with, like, Anthony Bourdain and Selena Gomez trying to explain shit to you, it's still whoa, pretty whoa, whoa, confusing. Anthony Bourdain? Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, what? what, what? There's they cameos. Have... There's cameos in it, and he's one of them. They get into like some some really really deep banger stuff, and like the film actually acknowledges like, okay, just because this is really confusing, Selena Gomez is going to explain this <laughs> this next part. For all our fans that are watching this right now, yeah, cool. wow, cool for the <clears throat> Jesus. So, Mark, what the fuck did you like? God damn it. You seem to hate everything this year, you son of a bitch. Um, well, I mean, I like Spotlight. I like The Revenant. Um, I thought uh, Brooklyn's pretty good. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I haven't quite made my list yet. I'm going to probably post my list either uh, tomorrow or over the weekend. Well, uh, I'll go. Last I talked to you, like before Christmas, uh, Revenant was still on top for you. Like, was it's your number still on, one? It's yeah? still on top. It's still on top for me. Please explain. Yeah, I, I, would, I would still say it's the best of the year. But but the, but the, here's the hard here's the hard part about that though. Uh, since they pushed it back, it's technically not a 2015 release now. So I don't even know that I can say it's best of the yeah. year. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm asking. Favorite? I'm asking you, Mark Walters. Why? Why is it your favorite? <laughs> oh, because I, I just think as a cinematic experience, I didn't see anything that blew me away on a bigger level than that. I mean, I, it it really. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's an incredible film. It's an incredible achievement cinematically. You know. Right. Did you see Sicario? I did, and it's funny. You guys were praising that earlier. Uh, uh, I mean, I think that film's got good performances, but. Uh, it's so bleak, and like by the end of it, like when I walked out of it, I just kind of thought, well, okay, great performances, but I don't know if I really can say I enjoyed that movie. You know, I mean, uh, I thought Benicio, Benicio del Toro was great. I thought Emily Blunt was okay, but I thought Benicio del Toro was so strong that he kind of, you know, overshadows her. Yeah. In okay, a way. yeah, fine by me. I, um, I just, I just don't know that I could really say. I mean, the, the whole movie feels very sort of matter of fact, like. It's kind of one of those, like, we're going to pull back the curtain on this kind of shit and show you what really happens. And that's great. I, I don't know if it makes for a great movie, um, but I, I did think it was very well well acted and well directed. And it was very uh, tense. Like, the, it's, it's a really good, it's the kind of film that should be shown in film classes to show, like, how to build tension in movies. Like, I think the... They did an excellent job of building tension and different scenes and whatnot, but um, but it's not. I mean, it's honestly not a movie that really stuck with me very much. You know, I mean, I thought I thought Del Toro was terrific. Uh, that's the one thing I took away from it. You know, and uh, uh, but it's such a fucking dark and bleak film that it's hard for me to really recommend it to anybody. I feel a little Revenant was a beating, right? Like how, how oh, many yeah. times have you? It's, it's a how many times film, have you? But, but I think it's also a film that it, you know it, it it has more of a uh, through line in the sense that you know like you 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 get to see the story play itself out and you get to see things 
to complete themselves, whereas Sicario <laughs> kind of leaves you sort of hanging at the end of the movie. Like, there isn't really, like, a big finale to it or anything. You know, it just ends. No, there's no resolution. Yeah, there's absolutely no resolution, and I think that was one of the problems I had with it. Um, but, uh, so, but yeah, Revenant definitely is a, is a bleak film, too, so. But, but it was satisfying to you, like, when you were done, oh, yeah. you were like, I'm satisfied. Yeah, oh, yeah, it gave me exactly what I wanted in this film, so. I'm, I was, um. I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe, maybe the preview made me think it was going to be the gray. Like I, I, right. I love the movie, the gray. Um, but this one, this one, I don't know. Like I, I, I thought it would be a uh, DiCaprio by himself more, but I had, I had no idea it was such a big ensemble movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but dude, like I love how it was cast. Like as far as like casting like a bunch of bearded guys, they all kind of stood out. <laughs> yeah. Like I recognize Lucas Haas. I'm like, oh my god, it's the kid from Witness. Like I, I know that yeah. guy. Um, there's a few other guys I recognize too. Um, I thought Donald Gleason was really good. Um, he's great in that, and he's horrible in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, he was he was like, like one of my favorite guys in Star Wars. I just thought he was so like over the top, like especially in that scene when he's addressing the troops and he's like this screaming Hitler baby looking face. I mean, I just, <laughs> it just did not work for me. Like he was one of the few actors out of the new actors that I just was not impressed with. You know, I was I was hoping it would, and, and it's a shame because like everything else I've seen that guy in, I love him. You know, like I thought he was great, and he was great in uh, Brooklyn. He was great in uh, Ex Machina. Uh, you know, he's he normally Have really seen, impressive. I think that's why I liked it because it was the adorable guy from About Time doing Hitler, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is awesome! Look at that guy <laughs> chewing up the scenery. The adorable guy from About Time, huh? <laughs> Have Doing you guys Hitler. seen About Time? <laughs> no. I did not. I heard it was pretty really good. good, though. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, who's Black who's Mirror. It? Have you seen Black Mirror? The show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. He, he was awesome in Black Mirror. Which one was he in? He was the one where he's a real doll. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he arrives in a crate and is rehydrated in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that shit. That's weird. I watched the uh, I watched the John Hamm uh, Christmas special, Black Mirror. Yeah, I watched a little bit of that recently too. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, my yeah. fucking god, that is so good. Yeah, that's a crazy one, man. That one's fucking just wow. You know what I mean? We just, yeah. we just not. That's one of the most disturbing ones, probably of, of all of them. I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'll that'll fuck with your head a little bit. Yeah, that just yeah, you won't go away too happy watching that. <laughs> that yeah. one for sure. Uh-uh. That's not. That's not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because, yeah, I was showing a couple of friends of mine that the other day. They'd never seen any mm-hmm. Black Mirror at all. And they're big Madman fans, so I was like, hey, watch this one. You know, you 
voice. Right. Hamming it up, of course. Because the tone changes drastically, you know what I mean? In the beginning. Which one's... Like, yeah, huh? yeah. What, what about, like, from season one, like, which episodes do you point people to to watch? Oh, the fucking, uh, what's it called one? The one with Pig the... Fucker? Uh, no, not the Pig Fucker one. The fucking one with the fucking, uh, what's his nuts in it? God damn it, the one with the eyes and shit like that. What's that one called? Oh, the jealousy one? That. Yeah, I love that one. Oh yeah. I love, I, that's to me that's to me that's the most plausible, scariest one based on just just what's going on with us and just social media. Now you know what I mean? That's just taking you to the a believable next crazy level. It's just like Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? And that's to me, that's not so far-fetched, that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could just picture that happening, like oh, like always, you know? That right. to me is the, the, the creepiest one, just based on on that, you know? Yeah. And that's just, just very just, ugh, ugh. Yeah, it's just, wow. It's pretty powerful, yeah. that, that one, yeah. It, it just makes you, you could just, uh, you know, you're just watching just like, it's heading towards that. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, well, you know that, uh, I think, uh, I think, uh, Google just did the, did they have a prototype now for the fucking, uh, those, uh, types of, uh, uh, contact lenses with the right. interface in it and all that stuff like that. They, you know, they're the newest version of the Google glass, which was resounding failure, of course, but right. you know, you could, you could see that type of thing kind of going on. That, to me, that was, it was well executed. I thought mm-hmm. they did an exceptional job. To me, that was one of the craziest ones. Well, I don't think I had a problem with any of the episodes at all. I think they were all pretty fucking well done. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's why, like, when it when the Netflix dropped it last last Christmas, everyone just plowed through it because it was, like, what, two seasons, six episodes, something like that? Yeah, yeah three, three episodes, right? Yeah. There's only three, three each, right? Yeah. Three, right, and, and like I think more. the... The Christmas one, except from those, I think, right? Right. Yeah, the Christmas one, they classify that as like the third season or something like that, because when we were looking up on Netflix, it was like, three seasons. I was like, three seasons? What the fuck? And I clicked on the thing of the Christmas thing. I was like, oh, okay, let's watch this. You know what I mean? I, thought, yeah. well, I guess they, I guess they just don't season. have another way to do that, to put that separate from having them, the seasons blocked off on their little... But that that was really well executed. They did an excellent job with that one, just balancing that whole kind of story out. You know, that was pretty masterfully done. Right. The guy that's responsible for that show, the guy that kind of came up with all the the tales and all that, he's fucking awesome, man. He, he's Charlie more... Charlie Brooker, right? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. That guy, I think man. so. Where the fuck did that guy come from, man? Am I thinking? Screen Wipe was his show as well, is that right? It was like not a... It was some sort of... I don't know much about it. I think I I just heard Charlie Brooker's Screen Wipe. I think it was some... uh, I think it was kind of like an... Not an interview show, but like... What do they they call those? Uh, uh, You know, the little talking head deal. Talking about this or that subject. Oh, the technology and all that shit like that. I think that's what it was. Of course, I'm talking out of my ass completely. I, like the screensavers? 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what happened to those guys? Yeah, something like that. Oh, <laughs> it, this reminds me of something I don't think I hadn't talked to anybody about, but uh, M. Night Shyamalan is supposedly uh, bringing back Tales from the Crypt. Whoa. What? <laughs> Somebody thought that was a good idea. Hmm. Wow. Are they going to have a whole Crypt Keeper and all that shit? Oh, Maybe, I hope so. Wow. Maybe he's just playing the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> he's not really involved with making it. He's just playing the Crypt Keeper. I like the Hey, I didn't mind that show that he produced or whatever, that Wayward Pines. I kind of dug it. Kept trying to make me watch that, and I never did. I know. Trying to make you watch that in the 100, and you're not going to watch either. You're like, Bitch. You shouldn't have sent me those pictures of... Uh, Weird Bane, S and M Bane looking guy. No, that's all right. It's just some fucking savage. It, it didn't sell me on it. Oh well, no, well. <laughs> Sorry. Just watch that fucking thing. God damn. It. All right. Just give it some time. It just bends through it, dude. Just have it on the background. I'm getting that shit. Just, 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 yeah. Just have it on when you're fucking drawing or whatever the fuck. Can I just throw that in there? Something to watch. Did they cancel that? What, the three hundred the one hundred? No, no, the way we're climbed show. Didn't they cancel that? I don't think so. I hope I, I, think, I think they did. Oh, I <laughs> I'm know. pretty sure they did. I like I thought it was interesting. I thought that they did a fairly decent job with that show. Yeah, it's it's worth watching, that's for sure. It's definitely worth checking out. It's not that much massive of an investment to check out. Is that on uh Netflix or anything like that? I don't think so, right? Not quite yet. Hulu. Is it on Hulu? Hulu. Yeah, I think so. It's worth watching. Yeah, it's worth having on in the background. You get into it. You know, you have anything on in the fucking background or something Anything's like that. Anything's worth watching if it's on in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Quantico, man, I'm telling you. That cannot, yeah, no. no ba- that's not background material either. That's a piece of shit, that shit. I love it. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. So good? Huh? No good? No, Quantico? Oh, it's awful. But it's good in its own little whatever way awful shows like that are good. Just like that Blindside. No one watched Blindside? Am I the only one that watched Blindside? I think so. Um, I've uh, uh, I've got it like in my queue, but I haven't been watching it yet. Uh, I've heard it's good, though. Is it not good? It's all right. You know, that's one of those shows that you know, whenever they're having their meetings about what's going on, they'll say something like, oh, that's the dark web. And the character's like, oh, the dark web is blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Where they have to explain everything to the viewer kind of deal it, without fail. You know what I mean? Anytime they introduce a concept that, you know, every nerd knows or whatever, they have to explain like, oh, okay, you're talking about blah, 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 blah. That kind of thing. Oh, you know did, I mean? did you? Did you guys see any of that CSI Cyber show? <laughs> no. I watched the first. Uh, I watched like the first six or seven episodes of it. Because that, I, I, I did not watch that many. What I saw of that <laughs> reminded me of kind of like the opposite of that, having to explain everything. It's almost like these people don't know what we're talking about, so we could just say anything we want, and they will probably right. believe it's something real. <laughs> That's basically just a few bits I saw, but it was it was kind of like somebody's somebody's parents' idea of what the internet might be like, they just ran with it. 
I was wow, listening to that? I was listening to an interview with Patricia Arquette on Mark Marin, um, and she was saying she was saying that she barely knows what she's saying. It's been like <laughs> a huge challenge to just like get into character and not even know what she's saying. <laughs> Is she on that show? Yeah, I yeah, she's yeah. a star. Yeah. Hey, uh, Mark, was she there at when, when you were at uh, uh, Tom Jane's? When you're at his house for his 40th, right? A couple years back. Yeah, yeah, they were still married. Uh, was she there when you were there? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. How was she? Is she holding up still? Oh, she's you know she's a sweetheart. She's great. Okay. Was was old Ronnie there too? Ronnie. Yeah, Ron Perlman there. Of course, right? He was not. He was not there when I was there. I think that was before. Tom and Ron were really good friends. They didn't get to be friends until after they did uh, uh, Mutant Chronicles or whatever. Mutant Chronicles, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was where they got to be buddies. Yeah, so how'd you watch the Mutant Chronicles then? That was our friend that downloaded the Mutant Chronicles. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was probably one of the that was one of the greatest examples of foot and mouth because uh, uh, Lee oh, goes up God. to say hi to Tom at San Diego and he's like, oh, I really enjoyed the Mutant Chronicles. And the only way that Lee could have seen it would have been to download it, pirate it. <laughs> and Tom was like, oh yeah, how'd you watch it? And, and Lee was no, totally busted because there was no that. way. He didn't even have a chance to say that. You were right there giving it up. <laughs> no, I, think you pretty, I think you made it pretty obvious because there was no yeah, other no, way you could have seen it. You know why? Because I looked at our buddy there, Mark Farmer, right? He was like on his little fucking laptop typing Hellraiser screenplays or fucking whatever the fuck he was doing. Fucking What's that fucking movie he did with Nick Cage? Uh, Drive Angry. angry. Yeah, he was like typing the fucking treatment to drive angry or something like that on his fucking laptop. He just, I looked at him, he was just like shaking his head, like, uh, here we go. <laughs> You're gonna get it. You're gonna get it, sir. And sure enough, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> anyway, I liked it. See you, Tom. I would. I I told Lee this, uh, Mark, but didn't you think that Tom Hardy looked a whole lot like Tom Jane in Revenant? Uh, I can sort of see that. Uh, I don't know. It's funny because Jane, Jane has been so skinny like the last several years. Uh, you know that that like Tom, if anything, Tom Hardy was probably a little more bulked up in the Revenant. Right. The way I'm used to seeing Jane, but uh, but yeah, I can sort of see that. Yeah. Hey, I want I want to get you guys. I want to get your feedback on this because uh, I got roped into doing this thing on Sunday. Uh, the Texas Theater is showing Star Wars, and Sunday is the last day that they're showing it. And so they okay. wanted to do they wanted to do some sort of special thing where they were going to have like some of the local film critics and people that have been uh, you know directly connected with events at the Texas uh, to be involved and do like a kind of like a live debate uh, chat about Star Wars. <laughs> So they asked me and uh, a couple other like local film critics or people that write for newspapers to be a part of this panel, and there's supposed to be like four or five of us. And this has already made like it's been all over various news. Like they've spread the word on it. It's been in some local newspapers. Like, hey, come check this out on Sunday. Here's who's going to be there and whatnot. Sure. So they posted an event about this on Facebook, and some fucking asshole had to go in there and say. <laughs> 
Oh, no chicks on the panel? That's sketchy. Uh, and, and so, and, and, the, and the first thing I said in response was, yeah, well, I'm sure they appreciate being called chicks. Uh, and then, uh, Where's and, the then skirt? His, and then his response is, well, they won't be there to complain, so who can say? So then a couple of uh, a couple of women who are like these are people who are uh, they go to like the conventions and stuff like that, but they're not mm-hmm. film critics. But like one of them said something like, "Oh, no, ladies, wow, that's ballsy." And I responded back and I said, "Look, I didn't set this up. They wanted a few specific known journalists in the area that had connections with the Texas. There's no slights intended, I'm sure." And uh, and then I also added, I said, incidentally, I can only think of one female journalist I know that has worked closely with this theater, and I doubt that she cares much about Star Wars. Sure. So the response back was, <laughs> there you, know, you go. oh, yeah, I'm not complaining, just saying whatever. And then somebody else, and then some other girl comes in and says, I bet I can butt my way in. I'm good at that. And then, and now there's this chick is posted today. Yeah, I said chick. Uh, she's posted today and saying like, she's like, uh, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing like the girl that said I can butt my way in. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And then she says, we need more female film critics. Actually, several discussions I've had with interested parties agree. I mean, I'm not even aware of anyone since Susan Sontag, and that's a problem. Um, and then you know, the thing I'm worried about is like. <laughs> I, first of all, I don't understand why this is even an issue, because it's not like something like what happened when the Mary when the Mary Sue got up in arms about that panel at Gen Con that was supposed to be about women and comics, and there were no women on the panel. I can almost understand that. I can almost understand that becoming like a controversial discussion point. But this is not this is not a panel about women. This is just something discussing Star Wars, and you know. It's already been promoted as such, and to make a big deal out of it now, it's kind of—I don't know—it's like, and it's not even really my thing. Like, I'm just on the panel, but <laughs> I, I feel like I want to address this somehow. Like, I want to say yeah, that's something. Yeah, that's, that's your first faux pas right there. Wanting to address I would, this. Say yeah. Fuck out. Don't say a fucking I, word. I, I know it seems. It. I know it seems like you're you have a responsibility to respond, <laughs> but. This is this is uh, Kobayashi Maru, my friend. <laughs> no way to win. Looked, no way to win this, huh? No, come on. And, and it's the internet, and it just it's it just feeds on itself, and it just doesn't end. And you're not for whatever honest effort you put forth to like squashing this, it's not going to do anything. No. So put it behind you. Well, definitely don't wear a wig and a dress and try to pull anything <laughs> off. Huh? Yeah, that will backfire in a major way. That won't, that won't work. Well, I mean, the, the bottom line is this: if 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 I knew, if I because they actually did they actually did ask me for suggestions. They said, Do you, "Is there anybody that you would suggest we add to the panel?" And if I knew a female, did you say like, no, bitches. If I knew. If I knew a female film critic that I knew was into like sci-fi or that had connections with this theater, I absolutely sure. would have recommended them. But I don't. I mean, like I know a couple of female film critics here in town that you know that write for various publications, but they don't care about Star Wars. And I mean, they they probably wouldn't have any interest in being in on this panel anyway. So you know, it, it becomes a situation where it's like, should I feel bad that I didn't basically? 
force a female to be added to this panel? You said force. Yes, that's right. I said force. <laughs> yeah, dude, thought, man, you just, yeah, you're falling for it, dude. You're just falling for this guy's fucking, whoever it was, you know what I mean? You're just, you're just playing into what they want, you know what I mean? With this stuff. He should just ignore it from the get, but now you're getting, you're getting in too deep. <laughs> You know what I mean? You're you're provoking discussion here. You know you're making it worse for yourself. If you didn't respond to this person, it'd be not an issue right now. But you felt right. You, felt, you know, which is your fault. The fuck did you do that for? Well, it was a public. <laughs> it was a public. It was a public invite. I mean, people were. You know, this is something that people were responding to to say whether or not they were going to be there. And this guy goes in and posts this. I mean, it's a fucking guy, first of all. It's like, it's almost like, are you trying to start shit? I mean, at least if it was a woman, I could understand and say, okay, you're a woman. You feel like you've been flighted. I get it. You know, but this is a guy to begin with that's posting this. And it, it kind of begs the question of, are you just coming in here to start shit? Well, yes. 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 Yeah. All right, you got to watch that. Uh, Andy, you got to watch that fucking show, Toast of London. Holy fuck, is it funny. It was you a good You know clip. what I'm talking about? Huh? Yeah, you made, you made me watch the clip. It was good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I made you watch that Yes clip, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Whoa. I am I'm very sleepy, so I'm going to bed. Yeah, I got to check out. I got to check out, too. I'll talk to you guys later. You jealous sons of bitches. <laughs> All right. well, I have a wonderful morning. Yes, nice chatting with you fellas. Yeah. If, you Thanks for having more, if you can y'all think of more, y'all want to lay on topics. the ground? Y'all want to lay on the ground and make snow angels together? <laughs> <laughs> y'all having a bounty hunters picnic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, think of some more topics and let's do this again. Sounds yes. good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, hey, well, hey, and this this year, 2016, maybe yeah. I'll go back to the old ways where I actually did uh, some, if some preparation where I had topics and I had topics oh. that we talk about, and we could say howdy nigga and all that good shit. You remember that? Throw that in there for Durden. Talk to Durden fast. Talk to Durden fast. You talk that fast, Durden. You talk that fast. <laughs> Chris, if you're unaware, Durden's our only black listener, and he's in the room right now. He's the only one in the yeah. room. Maybe he's gone. But, yeah, he loves Are it. you loves calling it. me a liar? <laughs> that sounds an awful bit like you're calling me a liar. You call me a liar? Cabron. <laughs> but can you prove it, Cabron? <laughs> cabron, like cabron was like everything. Oh, and I also I didn't like the uh, oh this is a manzani fucking rojos or something like that. I was like, all right, you and your fucking Bob. Oh, so, oh yeah, where he goes, Bob enjoyed a manzana roja. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like shut up. Oh yeah, I roll green apples. It's my favorite kind. I will I will say one of the one of the silliest one of the silliest throwaway gags in that movie that kills me every time is the, the yeah. door. Like every time oh, you yeah. have to, to slam the door and then lay on shut. And there's that great moment where like everybody's yelling and then yeah. just cuts it cuts to Michael Batson and he just goes, God damn it <laughs> 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 
love that movie. I, 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 love it. I hope yeah. you finally concede that you love that movie. <laughs> I, it's, it's, yeah, like I said, it's very watchable. I, I enjoy watching it. I, I just don't think it's one of his better films. So. All right. Good Talk night. To you guys later. Bye. Adios. You're talking that Bye. sass, niggas. Talk that <laughs> sass. <laughs> Good night, gentlemen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.